This podcast is sponsored by JList.com. On JList.com, you can shop from a constantly evolving catalog of anime merchandise such as toys and books, Japanese snacks, anime computer games, and so much more. Support this podcast and visit JList.com for all of your anime shopping needs. I'm assuming this girl in the white quote-unquote dress is Hestia. Hestia, yes. She wears this blue ribbon that attaches to her biceps and and runs under her breasts. It's part of her costume. Yes. This is something that is basically driving people to watch the show because this piece, this piece of clothing was invented by this show. This is an, Hestia is, an, is a character that gets cosplayed because of this ribbon that goes under her breasts. So my question is, to, I'm asking you, what stat point, what stat does this ribbon increase and by how many points does it increase? Is great tittedness a stat? こんにちは。アニメアディクツアノニマスのライブブロードキャストを聞いていただきます。You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. Welcome to the 277th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Wherever you're listening from, thank you for joining us today. We have a, a great show for you. I am your host, Mitsugi. And I'm being joined by two, two amazing co-hosts. Chiaki on the far end of the table. Say hello. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. And we have what I think is now a semi, semi-regular status, Mr. Felix. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's uh, it's a lot more regular. Yeah, we're like, uh, what are we like, like quarterly or? Are you not so regular? I was just thinking to myself. More regular. Well, I've been adding some Metamucil to my diet, you know, just to kind of get things into a regular flow. But um, no, and quite honest, it's it's more often than quarterly. Yeah. Would you say maybe once a month, something like that? Closer to that. So I feel like since you're here so regularly, do you yet know what our mission is? Mission is to make your anime addiction worse. There it is. Oh, thank you very much. So you can find us on our website, www.aaapodcast.com. We've got the character battle going on right now, so you can go on there and vote for your favorite anime character every day to uh, see which of the 64 characters in the tournament will prevail as the, the overall champion. We're also on iTunes. You can check us out on there. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Lots of Twitter handles com- handles coming. We're at AAA Podcast. We're at Elise Kova, E-L-I-S-E-K-O-V-A. That's me. And Felix, you're at Clueless underscore Critic. That's correct. I'm, using, I'm kind of consolidating all my Twitter followers, all my Twitter input there, now that I'm writing for our brand new pop culture website based right here in St. Petersburg. Plug, plug, plug. And what is that website? Visit monkeysfightingrobots.com. Wow. That sounds awesome. You can't... You, you, how could you not go to a URL with that title? I'm just saying. Monkeys Fighting Robots. We cover everything from movies, video games, comic books, to craft beer. I'm just saying you could have Monkeys Fighting Robots or you could not have Monkeys Fighting Robots. And let's face it, there really is no choice between those two. There isn't. There isn't. You absolutely have to have them. And of course, welcome to the live audience. We're live on YouTube every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
That's 9 p.m. GMT. So come yeah. check us out on there. So uh, getting us started, we have an announcement. We are officially announcing our Patreon page. Yes. We are now on Patreon. You can find us at www.patreon.com forward slash AAA podcast. Now, for those of you who are in the chat, if you go to it right now, it's still a little bit of a work in progress. But if you are listening to this pre-recorded, it is there. It should be done. It should be done. And things are ready to go. So, And we have a lot of things that we're offering you on there. So I want to make sure that you get enough value for, the, for your money that you give us because we respect your money. We're going to be giving you bi-weekly hentai episodes. That's the only way you can get the hentai episodes now. We have condensed them to the Patreon. We're also going to be giving you bi-weekly after parties, unedited podcasts, 48-hour early release of the podcast, ringtones, and so much more. So we actually already have almost a dozen people on there that have found, that found us before we even announced it. So thank you so much to you guys for, for your contributions and um, we hope you'll enjoy all of the content that we've got coming out. So that's, again, that's www.patreon.com forward slash AAA podcast. And we're going to put out some kind of an, a, a bigger announcement about it later. But um, we have a really great show for you guys. We're going to be doing the Revenge of the Anime Shark Tank. Woo! So, dun, dun, dun. Lots of crass, heartbreaking comments. And... Uh, Creative ideas from the podcast listeners. Can I be Miss Wonderful? Who's that? It's the Mr. Wonderful. Actually, no, you would be Mr. Wonderful among us because Mr. Wonderful in the actual Shark Tank is like the one who's like, I don't know what this is, but I don't see a way you're going to make money. And it sucks. And I will never give this money. Crap. And deal with reality. I'm out. That's Mr. Oh, wait, no, that was Mr. Wonderful and somebody else. That was oh. Mr. Wonderful and what's-his-face. Well, we have lots of really heartbreaking and, and uh, off, honestly offensive comments about your uh, anime ideas, so that's going to be great. We're also wrapping up our, our spring 2015 impressions. We've got Knights of Sidonia, Kyokai no Rine, Arslan Senki, Dungeon ni Dei o Motomeru, and Ameiro Koko. So we have a whole shitload of stuff to get to, and um, why don't we not delay with it? Go. We have a five-star review. It's very long. So, um, Is it? It's pretty long. So which one of you guys wants to read it? You've been, uh, you've been a little sick lately, Chiaki, so why don't we spare I your voice? I have been. I'm, I'm eating all of the cough drops today. Okay, I'll read it. So greetings, AAA crew. For some years, I, and this is from Sir Ryther, for some years now, I hadn't listened to an anime podcast since the one I was previously listening to became inactive. As a result, I resorted to catching up on some older series that I haven't gotten around to watching and some occasionally newer series. I eventually became tired of this routine and decided to find a podcast that has a good mix of new and older anime for listeners to watch, and you do it perfectly. I'm kind of surprised by that comment, because we're, we're mostly new anime, right? Yeah. So, I stumbled upon your podcast by chance last October and couldn't have been more glad I did. Not only did your podcast introduce me to newer anime like Parasite which was my favorite series for 2014, but you also recently talked about an older series named Steins Gate, a series I had, never, uh, I had never heard of before and recently started to watch. I greatly enjoy your pleasant input on the different topics of Japanese culture you bring to the program through your own individual experiences. It makes me feel that much more informed about the world outside my circle. Please continue to do a superb job making my anime addiction worse. Thank you Aww, for that. That was really you. well written. Very, very complimentary. Yes, very nice. Mm-hmm. 
So um, forum members, we have the Village Idiot, Odd CO One 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 Five, and Narcoleptic Joker. So we have a small guy, small group for this week. But welcome to the forum, nonetheless. So Narcoleptic Joker's got to be a lot of fun at parties. You think so? He's, he's cackling, and then all of a sudden he's asleep. <laughs> so trivia. The trivia... Oh, my God. Only one person got this? Yes, apparently. The trivia <laughs> answer this week was Kimito Boku. It's wrapping up our theme of cats. And the answer, correct answer was... The only correct answer was, was astrophysics. So, so Leave good it job to the to archivist. You. Good job by you for, for nailing that one. And uh, so the winner for the week is astrophysics. But the winner for the month is Manly Mudkip, a longtime Yay. listener. So congratulations. Woo. Ding, ding, ding. What do we have for Johnny? So I have a fabulous prizes. Car. Nope, not really. Yeah, so I, I, I'm gonna be contacting you on our forum, and you'll we'll have some fabulous prize from J List, I'm sure. So, um, the in-show trivia for this week in an in an anime called XTV, Sorata Arishigawa fights with what as his weapon. So that's the that's the in-show trivia question for uh, for this week. Wait, just so that we're clear, is that the X, that the TV version that's the adaptation of the famous manga that's yeah. still running now, that's supernatural and all that the dragons, stuff? Of, the dragons of Earth and the Dragons yes. of Heaven battle. Oh, that's good. The TV show? That's good. Yeah, well, I like the OVAs, the, 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 when they adapted it way back when. I haven't watched any of the new TV show, but I knew they were making one. Have you seen the movie? Because it's really bad. <laughs> the TV show that came out in like 2002 or whatever is... It's pretty good, though. That's, I think that's good. the one I'm thinking of. Maybe yeah. that's the one I am thinking of. It's quite good. I, I like it. Okay. Because the movie's too compressed, right? It, it's, they, it's, they... Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Okay. Sorata is the guy that wears, like, the orange jacket, and he has, like, the backwards orange hat. He has, like, the backwards hat on. Don't give he's... away too much. Okay, okay, you know, okay. All right. okay. All right. So, yeah, all right, all right. Okay. Shouldn't make the trivia questions too easy. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. Bag, 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 bag. All right, guys. So if you want to submit a mailbag, you can do it at our website, www.aaapodcast.com. We've started to catch up a little bit on mailbags. Ooh, look at us. So which one of you two wants to read the first mailbag? I've been doing entirely too much talking. I'll do the first one. It's relatively short. Connors writes... Enjoying the show. Keep up the great work. What anime would would you most like to see made into a live live movies or TV series? Any particular actors or directors you would like to see involved? And any anime you would want only to see done if the cast is mostly or all Japanese? That's an interesting question. Um, the first one that comes to my head that I would love to see... This does have a live action, but I think it would be really interesting to see kind of Hollywood spin on it um, would be Death Note. Death Note. I think that could have a really, as as a live action, like either maybe not quite HBO series, but maybe like. Oh, my God. Like, like Fox or what, what anime or what anime? What uh, I'm trying to think of 
the the mortal instruments like clockwork prince or whatever is getting i think it's getting a tv show on like fox or abc or something but that kind of it better not be on fox because then it won't last a whole season they'll cancel oh, it no. after three weeks you know, you know how that works Man, these guys are badasses they just they pull the hook quickly yeah they do they really do they don't wait for ratings you know they just and and good shows have bitten the dust on fox almost human from last season people were really getting on board with that but oh, it's just too expensive to produce and the ratings aren't there and none of people blah 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 death note death note could never succeed it's too out there for people you can, think so? can you imagine like a like a like a like an emo gothic looking like monster guy who eats apples all the time like Shinigami, well, that would never fly it, in American audiences. I, as I said, I, an adaptation of it. Uh, this is actually one where I wouldn't want it to be like literal to the original, where I would be interested to see kind of someone's interpretation of what Duke would look like and things like that. Well, you'd have to take him out of the show completely. I mean, is he really <laughs> necessary in the show anyway? Yes. Okay, <laughs> well, since he's necessary, if you take him out of the show, the fanboys bitch because he's not in there. If you leave him in the show... People who don't who haven't watched the anime don't give it a shot because it's like you have he looks like a like a punk, I, I like just a, said not literal he looks like a punk rocker from the eighties with like sharp teeth maybe it should be a punk rocker from the eighties with sharp teeth what that would never work Billy Idol <laughs> Billy Idol the death okay. the, the Grim Reaper sure yeah okay. there you go <laughs> so all right all right all right so you think Death Note that's fine. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the chat can can give their input. I, I was thinking uh, Black Lagoon. It's that'd be a good movie. Black Lagoon, you know, the anime that's about like smugglers. That you know, it's mostly like gunfights and bad language. So I mean, you could have so you could have you could have Terry Crews playing Dutch, like the big badass um, ripped black dude who just kicks ass. And then I don't really care who you have as Rock because he's kind of a well, why don't you have the Rock as Rock? Because there you go. Because <laughs> because Rock is like a scrawny office salary man who gets roped into this because by accident. Could have the Rock in a suit and then have him bust out of the suit. <laughs> we could have Tom Hiddleston play play uh, play Rock. Nah. He's kind of scrawny. He is scrawny, but uh, what what about the, the what about the the guy from the Social Network? The guy who's going to be Lex oh, Luthor yeah. in uh, Batman v he Superman. Would be good. What's that guy's name? I. Okay. Well, I, can't, I should know this. I'm a film critic. It's not coming <laughs> to me right now. Um, That's okay. You can think Eisenberg. of it. Um, Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, from... From, uh, from Zombieland. From Zombieland. Okay. Yeah. And for Revy, we need like a badass Japanese chick. So I was thinking uh, Dinko Kikuchi. She was in... She was the chick in Pacific Rim. In Pacific Rim. Rim. And then she was in 47 Ronin with, uh, with Keanu Reeves. Oh, God. And, uh, and people death. just want to forget. She hasn't done anything since. I bet. Yeah, <laughs> Keanu uh, Reeves kills was, another one. That wasn't a good choice. Although John Wick 2 is coming to theaters. I it, heard that. It, I heard people like that. It is good. It's a really, really fun, fun gunplay movie. Um, just, just to clarify, based on the chat, I know Death Note has a live action. I, I thought yeah, I said we, that. We know yes. That. We know that. I thought I, thought yes. I said that. That was the first thing you said. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want to... Hollywood adaptation with more money. I, right. <laughs> I, I also want to see an anime sports show made into a live action series. So I, I want to see Major adapted. I don't care who the cast members are, but it has to have Kevin Costner in it. Because Kevin <laughs> Costner does every sport. 
every single sports movie ever. It has to have Kevin. The Costner. last one he did actually was very enjoyable. McFarlane USA, based on a true story. Um, I, I like that one came out earlier this year, but it was him doing a running movie. So now he's covered even track sports. How does he get all these sports movie roles? Because he's all American. Does he love sports? Do you think he yes. loves sports? Yes, oh, absolutely. <laughs> love, he was at the last him. Super Bowl. He was on on the radio row on all everybody's radio stations. I love I love Kevin Costner. So anyway, yeah. so do you have any do you have any ideas, Felix? Just off the top of my head. Um, I uh, this is an old one, but it always sticks in my mind. Um, Vampire Princess Mew. Hmm. Um, I think because you have a smaller cast, you have a concept that could be episodic, where she's you know she's hunting other vampires. Um, you have that automatic appeal because Vampire Diaries. It's a CW series in the making, and you have a you have a guardian who wears a mask, and when he takes the mask off, he looks like Edward from a Twilight movie, and uh, and you have a younger girl who is immortal, who who's wiser beyond her years, and they travel from place to place, uh, and they fight monsters. It's supernatural. It's Vampire Diaries. It's, like it's Buffy. It's a lot of the different thing. Well, Buffy's kept in Sunnydale, you know, but now you you have them moving from place to place, almost like an Incredible Hulk type of deal. You know now. Now that you said vampires, and it might just be because we were talking about Del Toro and Crimson Peak and stuff, I would love to see Del Toro do Vampire Hunter D. There you go. He might that, do that would be yeah. such an amazing. But as a feature film. film. Oh but, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, not a series. As yeah. a feature film, and almost like an art piece, yep. like, like really, really sort of drawing from the the. The original material. I'd oh, like yeah. to see it as inspired as much as possible well, by the original art. And that and that's what I mean. Like from Amano's concept art and the original like Oshi's kind of vision for it, but mm-hmm. not necessarily again, some of these that I'm recommending, like I'd like to see Hollywood do some adaptations where they're less literal, but more to the essence of the series. Like and I think Del Toro would be a great fit for the original Vampire Hunter D. That I agree. Would be a good one. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. Okay. So, next mailbag. This one's not really a question. So, I'm just going to read it and be done with it. Baka Baka Bacchus writes Hey, guys. Nice unofficial drinking episode. I have no idea what episode they're referring to. Probably the one where you weren't on. And Cosmo and I got crazy. When you guys review Steins Gate, will you have Cram on the show? So, we already did that. The answer is we didn't have Cram on the show for that. Has he seen it? Probably not. Uh, maybe. Can't remember anyway, but uh, what I really am writing to you about is, is to throw in my two cents on one of your tropes in the an- an anime segment. The running in the opening of many shows is a production value thing. The character designer does all the models, expressions, and poses before the production can really, gre- can really get rolling. These keyframes are high quality on model and already lying around, so yeah... They're just using their budget elsewhere. Plus, if it fits the tone of many shows where it is the central quest or journey, KK, bye-bye. So basically, he's saying that they use those running motions and the openings to save money for the show. Yeah. And I say... I get it, but... I say I still rather have a higher quality opening. It's still kind of a trope. It, It is a trope, for sure. I mean, whether it's a trope that's used for good or used for bad, it's still a trope, right? Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, a trope used for good or evil. Uh, Felix, can I ask you to read this next one? I don't think Chiaki's <coughs> voice can handle it. Hey, lady and gents. I've been watching Mushashi no Ken, an older anime, and I'm really enjoying it. 
What I'm not enjoying, however, are the horrible subtitles. The broken English is so terrible that sometimes I'm not even sure what they're trying to say. I believe this show was never translated into English from Japanese, but instead from Japanese to Chinese and then to English from there. Sometimes the characters' names is literally written as 6-3-4. I'm sure, I'm sure you know, but that's what Mushashi means. And some of the characters have even been given random Chinese names, and then those names seem to change constantly throughout the show. I still plan on watching and finishing the show, however, because a great show is a great show, regardless. My question to you is, are there any anime that are either that either are so poorly translated you wish they had subtitles cleaned up or that aren't translated at all that you'd like to see have English subtitles. Thanks for making the show every week and keep up the great work. There's lots of shows that have that are poorly translated. I mean, well, a lot of them are everything. A lot of them are older shows from back in the day when, you know, there were only a handful of anime being made every season or even every year. And then of those, very few made it to the States. And so stuff like fan subbing was, you know, back in the advent of the internet (laughs) kind of thing. It it was a a lot more the Wild West than what it is today. And you'll find a lot of those... My voice is so, like, deep and manly today. (laughs) Um... You'll find a lot of those do have really rough subtitles because they're just kind of, they were done at a different point in time and they had no interest back then and they have no interest now. And very rarely do you see a lot of those old shows kind of get those revamps. When Animago and uh, and Harmony Gold took back Macross and created a, a dub of it, an official, I'm sorry, an official subtitled version of it and released it on DVD uh, a number of years back, I've never seen that. I've still never seen it. I would like to see what a better translation of it would have been or is. Um, so it, it really does relate to the older stuff. I think that because anime is such a global co- commodity that people consume, you don't have these studios in every country that can translate anime into like Swahili or whatever. So you have all kinds of different people with different qualifications translating yeah. anime. Mm. And, it, and especially if you're going online, like on eBay, and trying to find a box set cheap, you have no idea where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. I, my Spirited Away version, and it's actually a pretty good version, but I found out like when I was like 18 and looking at the box, I ended up buying an illegal copy. Like I was trying to be legit. Well, I, mean, I just went online and I bought a copy. and It's the internet. More often than not, it's going to be pirated. I bought I bought a box set of, of Future Boy Conan, and the translation on that was became gradually so terrible as the show went on that it, it got to the point where I could pretty much not understand what they were saying. You know, one of my favorites <laughs> is, though, when fan subbers, and this is a more modern thing, when they start fan subbing a show, and then it gets so awful that they just start making things up. That's happening. <laughs> that is <jokes>. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind that so much. I think that's really, because they usually do it when the show is really bad. And I just think it's really funny to see the fans be like, and she's talking about some more shit with her mom. (laughs) 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 Like that's the actual subtitle. My only other experience with really bad subs that I bought was the Dragon Ball. I bought a box out of all the Dragon Ball Z movies Mm. years ago. And it it ended up being not so good. But you can imagine that Dragon Ball Z is probably one of the most pirated anime, probably the most pirated anime ever. 
there are times now that uh, since since being in Japan and moving in Japan where I'll see official translations, like the real translations, and I'll be watching it subbed, and I'll go, I don't know if I would have translated it that way. So there is that cool layer, too, like if you understand some Japanese where you might look at it and go, is that really what they're translating it as? And And it's kind of like that cool localization glimpse, too, that, that some people may get. Let's try to get through these next two mailbags quickly. All right. So Lohenger writes, I really like the, your content and diverse taste in anime you guys display. My preferences are quite similar to Mitsugi's. That's right. Oh. So I have a question. Have you, wa- have you guys watched Legend of the Galactic Heroes? If so, what do you guys think of it? If not, why the good space opera shows have been so far uh, and few recently? Thanks for the attention and keep up the good work. Anime confession. I have not watched Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Have any? Have either of you watched it? Nope. Okay, none of us have watched it. But, but um, the reason Sorry, I heard space opera, so I had to make a trumpeting noise. A- mm. Anime is just as trendy and moody as any kind of thing, as any yeah. form of entertainment. And unfortunately, for some time now, we've been out of the space opera, sci-fi, fantasy show phase and mecha phase that stuff is that that stuff was 80s and I 90s i almost feel like it's starting to come i think we're going to see a resurgence especially with the new star wars kind of on the horizon say, yes. i think i think we are at well, the so. start of a new peak i mean you can see it in knights of sidonia you can see it in um captain harlock not long ago got that remake oh captain harlock um I, and and i don't even know awesome if the remake was stuff. good or not like was I know, meiji uh, was the, the original creator involved in it? I don't know. Okay. This this was like, it cost a ton of money to make. Okay. But, um, and it came out, I want to say in the past like three years is what I want to ballpark that at. Okay. But it, I, I, I feel like we're, we're at the point of a resurgence for the space opera. And I'm actually pretty excited about that. Shinji Adamaki directed the Captain Harlock movie. I don't know if, I don't know if that's who you're. But it doesn't, it doesn't say if like the original creator was involved or not. I'm not going to read this whole article. I just pulled it up real quick. But, um, yeah. You, you were, what you were saying, I mean, you, repl- you just like anything else, it responds to d- the demand, right? Yeah, of course. And, and so demand has waned. But that said, there's always, when you send me these season breakdowns of the shows, when we get ready to do impressions, there's always a mecha show in there somewhere. Yeah, one, maybe two. One, maybe two. And unfortunately, you know, last season was Cross Edge, you know, and, and this that that is a mecha show, but it's more just yeah. Is it really? No, no, it's it's, it's, it's softcore porn. It's softcore porn with mech in it. Yeah, it, yeah, it has exactly. robots in it. You know, if you but, want a robot, you got to watch Knights of Sidonia. That's a robot anime. Spoiler alert. Um. Yeah, I mean, you got to really pick your battles and, yeah. and, and, until sci-fi epics come back around. There are enough of them that you probably haven't seen that you can fill your plate with them until it comes Crest back. Crest Banner of the Stars. Crest Banner of the Stars. There's a lot of content there. Knights of Sidonia. There's a lot of content there. Yeah. Um, Space Battleship, y- ba- Battleship Yamato. There's some stuff there. I still want to see that live action Yamato I mean, adaptation. I really do. It's, it's there. It's on Blu-ray and I see it at Best Buy all the time and I... I can't bring myself to spend all the $15 the on it. You it, go to Best Buy all, all the time? All the time. All the time. Really? To torture myself because I can't afford to buy anything. What? Yeah, well, Radio Shack's dead. It well, just, it I died, mean, finally. you know those monks that you see that they constantly walk around and they, oh, yeah, and they and beat they, themselves? They... That's my form of self-flagellation is just to go to stores <laughs> where I can't afford anything. And, uh, and yes. Jackie. I, I, I work do in that broadcasting. Online. 
This right. last mailbag's short. You can handle it. I can do it. Fear Junkie writes, nobody move. This is a robbery. My hands are up. My hands are up. Hand over all your recommendations for heist caper anime. I've seen Loop on the Third and want more like it. So give me anime anime recommendations now. Tongue face. So I googled this for you, and <laughs> eight out of ten a heist quote unquote heist caper anime. They're all either Lupin or, or or Detective Conan. Yeah. Since you already mentioned that you've seen Lupin, I doubt you've seen all of it. By the way, there's like seven hundred movies. Um, I w- I'm going to recommend Case Closed, Detective Conan, because there's a lot of that. A lot, a lot of that. Also, Saint, uh, Saint Tail is, I haven't seen this, but it's about a girl with a, uh, who li- lives a double life. By day, she attends a, the St. Paulia school, and by night, she transforms into the phantom thief Saint Tail. So that oh. sounds like a caper anime you might maybe... King of Bandit Jing is terrible, but, but you, you know. You might want to expand, um, Fear Junkie, you might want to expand your, your horizons to maybe include, like, bounty hunting or something like that. Yeah. Because then you could at least get, like, yeah. the kind of... Because that maybe has a little bit of the same vibe of, like, the chasing and the intrigue and the whodunit aspect, and you can include shows like Bebop or Outlaw Star and whatnot, but... Definitely. Yeah, straight, straight caper kind of heist. They're... I feel like that's more of a Western thing yes. than than it is. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm I'm For trying sure. to think of of just Japanese culture and media and films and then expand out to what I know of like Korean dramas, and I really can't think of that many heist caper like like Ocean's Eleven type of shiznat. There aren't like yeah. a, it's not it's not a Japanese thing. They don't heists aren't one of their fantasized you know. It, they didn't have a heist period. Like there was no Wild West in Japan. They had samurai. That's why you have samurai well, shows. I wouldn't say what what period. I would say heist would be more like the the twenties and the the thirties, like that kind of in the United mobs. States. Yeah. Yeah, but it's but the original the, the gangster eras. Yeah, whether I, I they put were twenties, forties, fifties. Yeah. Um, it's been romanticized so much, though, that, that, that it's... No, 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 I, I agree. I was just saying I wouldn't put it Wild West, period. Wild West, to me, is like the good old cowboys and the... Well, where do you think shit. Wild West comes from? Like, I mean, where do you think, where do you think gangsters and stuff come from? I guess you have the train from? heists and stuff, but... All that stuff starts with the Wild West, like that attitude. Yeah, I guess. I'm just thinking You know, it kind of just carries on. I, I'm, I'm thinking, like, the Ocean's Eleven comes well, you from more, a, like, the 20s and the 40s. Well, you have to have a group of people who are each with a specialized skill to contribute to a very elaborate heist. You didn't have that in the Wild West because security wasn't that good. <laughs> you we're, get some dynamite and you mock. blow up the vault door. It's, that's about as complicated as you get. And you get some fast horses. Yeah, fast Maybe horses. Maybe a train in there. Okay, and some guns. I got I, I got to I got to stop us cuz we're, we're running way too long. No. Don't um, we always? So yeah. the character battle is on the website. If you go to the website, www.aaapodcast.com, for the next two months, there will be a daily poll on the site that will be two characters pitted off against each other in Mortal Kombat. You will be voting Mortal for your favorite Kombat. character, and the winner of the contest will be voted the favorite anime character for the year or whatever. So we've, we've act- as, at the time you hear this, we've had some contests already. Revy destroyed... Ryder from Fate Stay Night. Ginkgo uh, overcame Tatsuya Shiba from Irregular Magic High School. Vegeta easily defeated Natsu from Fairy Tail. Selty from Dudadada narrowly defeated Zoro from One Piece. And currently, Mikasa Ackerman is destroying Hisoka from Hunter x Hunter. 
It's like a massacre. So go on there and and and, uh, and check out the the character battle. There is no. I'm 100 percent sure that there's no other podcast, or maybe no, maybe even no other website that does something like this. So go check that out on our website and have some fun with it. So on this episode, we're going to be doing the uh, re- the revenge of the anime Shark Tank. We're going to be going through some of your topic submissions for for potential anime. You're gonna you're going to um, you know, give us your elevator speech on a on a proposed concept that you want us to invest in, and we're either going to reject it or throw our money at you. Then we're going to be doing a whole slew of impressions. We're going to be doing Shidonia no Kishi, uh, Kyokai no Rin, Arslan Senki, Dei Adunjani uh, Dei o Motomeru, and Ameiro Koko. So we have we have a ridiculous amount of stuff to get to you too for the rest of the episode. So stay tuned, and we'll be back after the news break. you anime addicts this is chiaki and this is your anime news break first up for those of you who are eevee fans out there yes as in eevee the pokemon ban presto has added eevee mugs to its pokemon crane game prizes and you can rest assured that these will someday soon if they're not already be gracing the halls of ebay and online retailers everywhere in addition to the mugs ban presto is also rolling out pouches bag straps, a large stuffed toy, and bath towels. In other news, a new Japanese idol group is taking a relatively radical approach to the way that they are deciding if they're going to make or break it. The recently formed Japanese rock group Deep Girl, and yes, that is their name, has announced that it will dissolve if their debut single, Deep Girl, doesn't enter the top 10 on the Ariacon weekly charts. Now to help promote this single so that they can stay together, they're releasing special coupons in their albums, each of them featuring a different girl on the cover that can get listeners very special prizes. If someone manages to collect 2,000 coupons, they get a trip to the hot springs with this idol group, although mixed bathing is out of the question. So I guess if you're in Japan and you've ever wanted to go to the hot springs with Japanese idols, this is technically a way to get it done. In other news, acclaimed director and Studio Ghibli co-founder Hayao Miyazaki has retired from making films, but by no stretch does that mean he's quit working. He's recently working on a new manga and has had a hand in releasing a brand new model figure of the manga's protagonist. The figure portrays Hiroko Hachirota of Miyazaki's manga, Teppo Samurai. It's a 135th scale figure that shows a stern and yet gallant Hachirota ready on the battlefield. Of course, this character is in traditional Miyazaki style, and the figure looks excellent. Teporo Samurai, if you want to read it, was announced in 2014, and it will be serialized in the magazine Model Graphics. It's a Sengoku period piece. Finally, for you Mushishi fans out there, the Mainichi Shimbun's paper, My Digi, service has begun streaming a teaser trailer for the Mushishi Zokusho 
Suzu no Shizuku or Mushishi, the next chapter, Suzu no Shizuku arc this past week. The same teaser trailer debuted on the anime's official website in April. You can find this trailer on YouTube. This was Shiaki and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere because you'll be back to the show soon. Chiaki, what's that? Mitsugi, what, what are you doing looking at my computer screen? Get out of here. Was that a... No. I, I think it was. No, it wasn't. Come on, Chiaki. We've all played a hentai game before. It's nothing to be ashamed. Will you just get out of here? Okay, I will. Thank you. If you tell me where you got it. Really, Mitsugi? Yeah, you know, I bought hentai games before in Akihabara, but they're all in Japanese. I can barely get halfway through them before I get frustrated and have to quit. I can't understand a word that's on the screen. Well, maybe you should study more. Plus, that one looks really high quality. I mean, look at all the artwork on her. I'm uh, looking at my computer screen again. Fine, but you get my point. All right, if it makes you go away, I got it off JList.com. JList.com? Don't they just have figures and bentos and stuff? Well, yeah, but they also have some more adult things, too. They have a huge library of English-translated visual novels. And, yeah, not all of them are adults. Some are like Steinsgate, and they're always bringing out more. But if you're into the adult stuff, they also have some other things that, well, may help you enjoy those visual novels. Whoa, I'll have to check it out now. Great. Go to JList.com and look at all the adult things you want on your computer, because mine is busy, so if you'll excuse me. Right. Don't worry, I won't bother you again. I'll be too busy looking at JList.com. Hi, this is Brina Palencia, voice of Rei Ayanami, and I'm an anime addict. And then she cries. We're back to the 277th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. We're going to be playing a game of of uh, Anime Shark Tank, or the return of the Anime Shark Tank, as this is the third time that we've done this t- this this game. But honestly, every time we do it, I think that it's great. It comes out great every time, and so I want to make sure that we do another one because people seem to like it. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, that have never seen the show Shark Tank, that would be me. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never seen it. So on Shark Tank, Felix, people will come with like business ideas or inventions, and they will propose their their idea to venture capitalists. Okay. And they and they basically propose a concept, you know, say how they're going to market it, what their sales have been, etc. And they try to convince these venture capitalists to invest money to help them with marketing expenses or startup money or whatever they need. So we're doing the same thing. People have submitted concepts to us, anime concepts. They're pitching an anime to us. So, so this is like pretend like you're an, pretend you're a fox or something, and you're so you're a studio exec. Yeah, yes. you're a studio exec. Someone's pitching a, someone's pitching an anime to you. They've included the the name of the anime, the synopsis, the the, the length, the genre, and sometimes, usually, even even why they think it's going to be profitable. And we are either going to reject their idea by playing a very offensive drop that will make people cry. Or we're going to throw our money at them and heap them with praise. Yep. So that's basically the idea. And uh, it's a great topic because it's a lot of fun for us 
to do. And honestly, it's no work for us either because <laughs> people are doing all the work. So there have been a lot of these suggestions, and I want to make this note before we start, that have been put, people have, people have, have pitched these anime, and some of them have no titles. So when that happens, I'm going to read the synopsis, and we're going to give it the most heinous, ridiculous title we can think of. Just heinous. Heinous. All right. Okay? So I'm going to get us started here. Heinous. This one is submitted by... The name of this anime, this first one, is Karera wa Watashitachi no Madearu, or They Are Among Us. It's a submission by Moe Exterminator. And here is the... I love your name, by the way. Here, here is the topic, or the, uh, the synopsis for the show. This would be a 12-episode supernatural mystery anime about four angels known as the Guardians of the Light who guard the border between hell and the human realm. Using their incredible powers, they have kept the balance for hundreds of years. One day, however, they meet their match in a demon lord known as Kei Kei-Deki rallies a small army of demons to attack the Guardians, and in the chaos that ensues, he opens a hole in the barrier, slipping into the human world. Despite defeating his army and sealing the gap, the Guardians are forced to go to the human world by the ruler of heaven, who fears Kei-Deki may bring demons upon humanity in full force. Going to Earth, they disguise themselves and suppress their powers, and over the course of the 12 episodes will involve them in a race against the clock, attempting to track down Kei-Deki before he can fulfill his plans. And all the while, the barrier will grow weaker and weaker, resulting in more stronger demons slipping through the cracks and adding their, to their already bad situation. The, uh, he says we should invest because it's going to have lots of action figures, possible uh, video game spinoffs, DVD sets, cosplay items, and themed food and candy. I'm sorry, did we just hear the plot synopsis for Shinkaki Ridge of Bahamut? Mm, did we? I'm pretty sure we just did. I don't know. Because uh, just angels and demons and unleashing evil power and the demons trying to... It's happened before. Like, Hikai Sensen was about a barrier that got weaker and weaker. That one's airing right now. Um, Wicked City is, yeah. a, is a show about, like, the barriers weakening and demons are coming into Tokyo. And, I mean, now, uh, granted, I will say it is a plot line that has been done a lot in almost any media. Books, TV. Video games. Video games. Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry. Drag- Dragon Age. Dragon the Age. The veil is thin here. Yeah. Like, the... the this is definitely not an original, which I will say could support it because clearly there's a market. For there's it. a market for it. Um, you know what else there's a market for, though? You know what else there's a market for? What? Annie's. Now let's let's do this as porn. Let's do it as a hentai. The demons oh. are all sex crazed, right? Yeah, I think that's also been done before. Uh, absolutely, it has <laughs> been. But there's a market for it. And uh, yeah, I uh, if if I have to fund this one, I I, I want it X-rated. I, I'm just. <laughs> It's going to be a hentai, like full of monster yep. sex. and Go for it. Trying to keep this not 18 plus. Buddy. Balls to the wall, man. <laughs> <laughs> and balls, to everything else. Balls to the angel? Yeah. People um, will dig that. Now, I don't know about selling the action figure aspect of that, though. You really, I mean, maybe you can. You can make statues. Uh, I don't know if you can make actual, Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, you I've can? seen them. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, you can. Oh. Um, Anatomically correct? Oh, right, yes. Right, so. oh. Or incorrect, oh. depending on how you're looking at it. Not so good. <laughs> um, Let's go through and pass or fail this one at a time. Chiaki, are you, are you going to feed it into the shark tank or are you going to invest? 
My sharks are hungry for oh my. things that we've seen time and time again. What does that mean exactly? That means I'm feeding this thing that we've seen time and time again to my sharks. Okay. Nah. Felix? That was my shark. I, I already said, um, you know, unless it's pornified, then then it goes to the shark tank. I, I don't dislike your idea, but it is it does seem a little run of the mill, so I'm, I'm, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to pass on this one. I'm sorry. All right, opportunity knocked. No one was home. Turn around, get out of here. I, I gave you a gentle drop. That was a gentle one. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it really it really wasn't an awful idea. I no, mean, it's because just, it's been done clearly yeah. so many times, so it can't be that bad. And, on, right. and honestly, even if it was X-rated, you're never going to beat that vagina dentata from Wicked, from, from Wicked City. It just can't be topped, so don't even bother trying. All right, the next one, <laughs> I'll just take the charge, has no name, so we will have to think of a name when we give our kind of thoughts on it. We're going to bring the pain on this one. Submitted by one half Ramna, Ranma. The synopsis is, follow, follows a struggling mangaka who had a breakthrough success a year ago and is now under pressure to follow up with another hit. Trouble is, he can't find inspiration except when he takes a mysterious drug supplied by an unknown source. When he takes the drug, he enters into a highly hallucinogenic state before waking up with the next chapter of his manga written. However, along with the written chapter, other things in the world around him have subtly changed. Sometimes not for the better. No one else notices these changes except for an experienced and cynical police detective who, uh, who along with trying to make sense of this, is in hot pursuit of a genius serial killer. The series follows the manic-depressive artist who is slowly sliding into insanity and the growingly obsessive detective as they try to make sense of an increasingly insane world. Fear and loathing in Neo-Tokyo. <coughs> yeah. Bring on those hallucinogenics. Yep. I, I, I kind of like it. Um, we haven't had... Japan is so terrified of drug use that there's very limited anime that have even have any kind of drug use in them, period. Yeah, I was actually going to say, I kind of like... And, and I think this came up the last anime Shark Tank, but I kind of like the idea of an anime focusing on on drugs, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I think it's edgy. Like, for the Japanese market, yeah. I think it's edgy. But I'm, I'm worried that the Japanese market isn't going to be accepting of it because of, its, because of, it, of that kind of content. People are so well, anti Well, you take that risk with edgy content. You, you take the risk that... Uh, people that there is a fear, but maybe uh, is that fear, that cultural fear laced with or interlaced with some kind of fascin morbid fascination or is it just pure revulsion that, oh, mm. we never want to see this in our media because that's the difference. I would want to see this done. I, I will not feed this one to my sharks if it can be done kind of as a monster with a little bit of the trippiness of trapeze meets Death Note. I want to see this. <coughs> I, I would get behind this if it was much shorter. I almost want proof of concept. So they're asking for 26 episodes here or 25 oh, minutes. Oh, no. No, would not I, do I that. want this at six to eight episodes tops like for the first season. Like an OVA? Yeah. Like a, like a direct-to-video? Yes. It, give me a proof of concept and show me the sales numbers, and, and if there is enough of an interest, then we'll go to series. But uh, because what you're dealing with is so dicey in the chosen market, then you know, you're going to have a problem. I agree that it is risky. 
I'm, I'm reading the, their business appeal pitch here. It says, it capitalizes on the darker trend from recent seasons, Tokyo Ghoul, Psychopaths, Zonkyo no Terror, but with room for more trippy and outrageous art styles such from the likes of Space Dandy or No Game, No Life. There would also be a tie-in manga, which would be a very, which would be the the very manga that the artist is writing. Now, your your synopsis painted a very dark image to me. Like, it's drugs. It's maybe maybe some depression in there. But the but the art style, I never I never envisioned No Game No Life's like no bright pink and red colors and craziness. I, I could see that as I said, if it was a, a touch of like trapeze. Where, yeah. it w- where it was wow. an overlay for a short period of time and not a, like, the whole series. You know, I- I'm, a little bit f- I'm a little bit afraid of, the, of, of putting an anime out there that's so long that is edgy with drugs and things like that, and I'm not really sure I'm willing to put my money out for a whole 26 episodes. So I think I'm more along the, the, along the vein of my colleague here, Felix, feeling a little scared about this one. So I think we're going to feed it. No, as I said, I'll invest. No, but Felix and I said no. Yeah, well, I said I said we need to trim back the order. You know, I mean, I. I so you guys, as it stands, as the as the proposal is written right here, feed it. Okay, we're gonna feed it then. You've completely wasted my time. I'm out. I'm out. Sorry. Wasn't a complete waste of time though. I, I was kind of. That's harsh. That was that was not a harsh one. These drops li- on my computer literally have harsh written next to the ones that are harsh. Okay. So you, we'll get to a harsh one, I'm All sure. Right. Um, okay, Felix. Well, the next one is from the same submitter. Oh, do we want to do two from the same person? Let's maybe skip and then we can go around. Okay. Wait, just a moment. We never named that last one. Did you name that Fear and Loathing in Tokyo? Was that the name of it? Fear and Loathing in Neo Tokyo. That, Got it. That's what I named it. I'm on board with that. Okay. I'll go with that. Right, so the next one. Uh, another one, no name given, so Uh-oh. start thinking. Submission by Kai Shen. Uh, synopsis. After achieving interplanetary travel, Earth is stricken with a mysterious disease brought unknowingly by the astronauts who pioneered a mission to the nearest habitable planet. With no way to combat this alien disease, Earth's population is forced into a catch-22 due to the depletion of Earth's natural resources. Luckily, a Japanese scientist is able to manipulate the DNA of Earth's most adaptable creatures. Uh, the tardigrade? Tardigrade? I guess. New, new creature? Tardigrade? Tardigrade? Buy one of those creatures that like, lives on the ocean floor or something. Yeah. And fuse it with humans. However, since it is such a complicated process, only the rich can afford this procedure. But in true anime fashion, a group of 10 promising Japanese students are also given the procedure so that they can lead a mission to the new planet. Now Earth's most, most wealthy people and our 10 heroes must work to establish a society. As they establish their colony, the group must overcome the demands of the wealthy, natural predators, as well as ideal conflicts, ideological conflicts and relationships with each other. Uh, 26 episodes... Drama, sci-fi, adventure. What are the selling points on this one? Oh, yeah. Five male, female and male protagonists to abuse for a merchandise appealing to both genders. Large enough main cast to kill off a couple, kill a couple off for dramatic effect, but leaving enough to carry the plot. Post-apocalyptic appeal. Free reign on world building with the new planet. OVA prequel opportunity about how the students were chosen and what 
Earth was like before the DNA procedure. Always possible to extend series by introducing a new threat to the colony. So they've thought out um, possible, you know, merchandising and yeah. other directions for the storytelling. But didn't it just from me reading that synopsis feel too convoluted to you? See, a I, little bit. Maybe but it's, it's just because I, I, I watched Interstellar fairly recently yeah. compared to most people, but. I look at this and I want more tension of the people like this synopsis makes it sound like it's just like, okay, wealthy people and these 10 go get on a spaceship and they go and we're just going to pay attention to them and the rest of the world died. Like I want more tension surrounding that of like the, what do you mean? Like you're just going to let the rest of us die. Mm -hmm. Like I, I feel like that's the story, not necessarily setting up the colony, but how you're, you're getting off the planet. This sounds like it has a little bit of a Suse no Gargantia in it in there. Suse no Gargantia that the the original anime that came out about a year ago, where the human we, we found out that this is a, well, this is a big spoiler, but there was a lot of human um, like modified ge- genetic stuff going on in that where the you found out that the humans had had kind of combined their genes with other organisms to be more adaptable. So I'm I'm seeing shades of that in there, and I don't really recall Suse no Gargantia being a huge moneymaker. You know, that, I mean, it was a decent show, but it didn't make much of a splash in Japan. You know, I mean, I was over there. I didn't really see it ever. So yeah. I'm feeling a little nervous about the 26 episodes also on this one. These long shows that are multiple seasons, I think I'd be willing to, to, to put my money into it if it was a little bit of a shorter length. But we're also talking about a, a series that's not really in a genre that is something that people want to watch, right? you know, today. These science fiction epics. I mean, so. I can see the need for this one to have a couple more episodes. I just want to see the story fleshed out a bit more. Uh, the story lost me as I, as I was reading it. I'm I'm already zoning out. But one consistent image that I had is that the wealthy uh, and this this group of elite chosen, you know, leave the earth behind. Like you said, you want to see more tension with that goes. Yeah. I just want to see all those people blown up. Um, <laughs> it, it, it reminds me. It reminds me uh, in in recent Western comics and DC comics. Uh, one particular title, Earth Two. There's a situation. It's an alternate Earth that's being invaded by Darkseid and all of his parademons, and the the le- being led by what looks like Superman, and completely evil and murderous and and destroying everything that Superman stands for. But in that moment where it seems like all is lost, this gigantic arc ship launches into space and it's carrying all the world's wealthy and elite. They built this thing in secret and they left, oh, well, screw all those people. We're just going to leave. <laughs> and you know what Superman does? It's like, well, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's praise them for their ingenuity. Let's, let's sh- they want to see the stars? Let's show them the stars. And he flies up there and he tears the ship open in half and lets all those bodies rain back down on the planet. Oh my God, that's dark. Yeah. You know what? Holy and shit. they deserve it because they bailed on their fellow humans, you know, so. Well, I mean, yeah, I just I, I want to see something more. I'd almost prefer it if that was the series and the series ended with maybe a potential season two of them setting up the colony. So. OK. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, I think we're out on this one. Yeah. I'm out. Yep. I'm trying to find something, anything. But no, it's all death and destruction in your story. It's horrible. I'm out. Sorry about that. We're awful. We are. We're really harsh. We're really in a bad mood today. Look, we don't have that much money to spend. You know? I know, I mean, I'm We've got to be very careful with our investments. So, this next one is by One Half Romna. It also has no name. Follows the exploits of the ancient Greek gods, Zeus, Aphrodite, Hades, etc. 
and their involvement with the humans they rule over and meddle with. Our protagonist, a lonely goat herd, <laughs> who just wants to live a normal life, and the girl he has a crush on is often a source of entertainment for the gods as they play with their fates. Parodies and references, traditional Greek myths, and hilarious consequences. Man, why'd you gotta go comedy slice of light of edgy with this? You could have had Greek gods! Like, this could have been God of War the anime. This is a moneymaker. You're, you're crazy. This is the kind of shit that people eat for, I, for breakfast, and then they eat it again for, for lunch. Yeah, I know, but I just... The Iliad ah. goes crazy. Ever see that old movie from the 80s, The Gods Must Be Crazy? The Iliad Must Be Crazy? This doesn't have a title, so I'm coming up with titles. You know, I mean, really? This is what people eat up? Oh, man, buddy. Comedy, slice of life, etchy, 13-episode show, sells figurines the of the gods. The lonely goat herd, that's Paris. Why don't we just make the girl that he has a crush on, that's actually Aphrodite, you know? Or it's <laughs> Athena, one of the goddesses. And then you, and then you it's have already attention. been done, yeah. But this, is a, but this is a fan service anime. It's it, a, he's, he has it in the business appeal. Figurines of the gods, I, cosplay apparel, standard fan service yeah, appeal. it's gonna make money, but I just... Oh, oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, is this Shark Tank? Or is this so anime So it's about making time? money. It's yeah. about making it's a cheap, money. It's a cheap, I am a etchy shark show. with standards. He's not asking for much money. It's a cheap, etchy show. It's probably going to have average, very average animation. You're not going to have to put much effort into the writing. It practically writes itself. I can't. I can't. Oh, I'm all in on this. I am this all is, out on this one. I can't support this serious? because I love Greek mythology. And I... After spending even... hours of my life translating the the Odyssey and the Iliad, mm. I can't. Oh, we're we're, we're going to get to the, I, this. This is funny that this is coming up, considering the anime that I have to give an impression on, and you have goddesses like Loki and Hephaestus and and all them in is this Loki story. Hot? It's oh, a redheaded on. chick. All right, so if, is like, she hot? Yes. But no, she's flat chested, and they make a big joke about that. So Felix Chucky's out. But but before you give your opinion, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say, this is a 13 episode show. It has very low risk. They're gonna sell the shit out of the merchandise for this thing, and Chucky is making her opinion not off of not not off of a business opinion, which is what Shark Tank is, but because she loves. Uh, mythology. clearly you've never watched Shark Tank. What? Because they'll make decisions based off of whatever no, they want. You think these business people got rich by using their emotions for business decisions? They're on TV. What? You think that you think that Mark Cuban oh, wait, wait, uses, wait, wait. uses his how? emotions to make business decisions? <laughs> how many? How he uses his emotion when he's on the basketball court. I, I'm gonna give I you your money. I have literally watched an episode of Shark Tank where I think it was Mark Cuban where he was like. Eh, I'll buy your wine company, and if not, I'll give out the bottles as Christmas gifts. It'll make my wife happy. That Mark, is literally what he said. Mark Cuban started off make, selling shoelaces. No, I know he's a self-made billionaire, and he's awesome, and he has business savvy, but I am saying that they do okay. make decisions right. not solely on business right, Felix. I understand that Chiaki is holding the line here in terms of taste for this particular genre. I also recognize the money-making capacity of this. I will throw my money behind it and not sleep well at night. Feel feel dirty about Thank it. Thank you. Dirt, I will feel dirty about it. Dirka did in the chat says it perfectly. I don't want my name attached to this product. My brand is so much better than you guys is that. Who exactly is judging you? Um, I'm like the no Tamina and you're just like pushing crap out. Oh my god! Oh my so god! So Felix, Felix, and I are behind it. So we, I, so I we am, just got I, rich. I am guiltily behind <laughs> it. I, 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 I can't look at myself in the mirror for at least an hour 
Um, but yeah, I'm, so, I'm, I'm behind it. So Chiaki made her bed, and yeah. we're going to sleep in our bed made out of cash. <laughs> Thank you very much. The next, It's dirty cash, dude. It's, the, it's dirty cash. Don't... Uh, <laughs> I, okay. I can't. This next one... So are you in or not? No, no, I'm in. I'm okay. in. I'm in. I'm, I'm just, I'm just okay. feeling awful about it. All right. So, okay. It's hurting, my, it's, it's hurting my soul. Okay. So this you made n- a bad decision and okay. you should feel bad. Right. <laughs> the next suggestion is by Mecha Warrior. This, the anime is called Honor Among Thieves. 24 episodes, action adventure. Makoto Matsumoto is a member of a gang of thieves that have lived their lives how they want to and are taking whatever they want in search of endless wealth. One day, Makoto learns of a place known as the City of Jade that is said to have enough money in gold and priceless artifacts to make one man more wealthy than all the royals in the land 50 times over. With his friends, Makoto will set out on a journey to find the City of Jade, encountering many obstacles, betrayals, and potential love along the way. Eh, shonen. It sounds like Indiana Jones, Uncharted, Moggy. Wow, I mean, there's there are no selling points here in the proposal. First of all, can That's we just true. throw this out because people didn't didn't do their proposal but, properly? But it is. I can see the selling points. It is kind of your standard shonen show of we're gonna get to this place and hijinks happen along the way. And and but is that the tone though? I mean, hi, when you say hijinks, then I think action comedy. And I don't know if that's what they're after here. I, I get this, you know, we're going to play this straight and, you know, it's a square-jawed hero and intrepid companions and we're going after, you know, we're, we're scoundrels with a heart of gold because we're, we're always chasing after yeah, riches, man. but we're good people. Um, and it's like, okay. So, uh, so I, I just want to take, take time out for a moment. Astrophysics and Captain Avatar ripped Chiaki in the chat. Because Astrophysics has okay. been burning me all Excuse week on me. Tumblr. Excuse me, I'm talking. So <laughs> oh. he ripped you because you because you you threw yourself behind the name of Noitamina, who basically burned their own name by by having the show punchline this season. And see, they didn't stick to their guns. They didn't stay true to their brand. They didn't honor themselves as the artistic the artistic niche that they've oh, been Jesus. since they started. And look at what they got. They got hate for it. And I'm not doing that. I'm respecting myself. I respect the temple that is my artistic opinion. Unlike Your temple? Felix. You need to just... And that, that, <laughs> that temple's going to be in the poorhouse. But, but you can feel good about yourself. You can look at yourself in a mirror. I can. If you can afford a mirror. But I... You know. I, 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 I can't put myself behind this. I think... I think that it could be a moneymaker, something like Moggy, which made a ton of money, but you didn't really put any of your business pitch behind, on the description, so I have no idea why I'm supposed to invest in this, so I'm kind of disqualifying you. Do you uh, any complaints? The, uh, the, the lack of originality in the concept was enough to disqualify it, but they didn't even follow the proper format, <laughs> okay. so you know what, so. I'm out. Because- bad news for you. In about four seconds, I have to start invoicing you for my time. Because this is such a crappy idea. I'm out with extreme prejudice. All right. That one's I'm going to read the next one. Damn. That one, now that was a harsh one. Submission S- from Mecha Warrior. Same, same submitter. Can we skip? Oh, okay. Um, but I wanted to read this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in the name. Okay, read it. I haven't read it. I will allow it. The name is The Evil Below. Is this one a hentai one? 12, 12, right? <laughs> 12 episodes and then na- extend it to 26 if successful. At least he or she names theirs. 
the world as humanity knows it is about to change. I feel like we should read this in like the like uh, trailer voice. Yeah. The world as humanity knows it is the about world. to change. An ancient race of creatures. I can't do it. My voice is too shy. An right ancient now. race of creatures. Uh, is buried deep beneath the Earth's surface and is about to awaken, and with them they will bring the end of days for humankind. A team of top government officials are sent to the site of what is believed to be one of the many hives the creatures use, discovered during an archaeology dig. Gears of While war? investigating inside, they are sealed in just as the creatures awaken. Uh, I want you to look up on YouTube a cartoon series from the 80s called Inhumanoids, and that's what you just pitched. Okay. So I'm out. <laughs> and and you know what? I, I liked it better when it was hentai, the evil below, and you're like below the waist. <laughs> you know, I, I actually... We're killing reading, these people today. Reading this, I thought of um, that really bad movie that was Journey like... Journey to the Center of the Earth? <laughs> insert, no, the beneath heaven there is hell, and beneath hell there is the cave. <laughs> that was awful. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. What is beneath hell? You can't have things beneath hell. Oh my lord. Is it, wasn't that the it's tagline? Shut that? you down and crush you like the cockroach you are. Now, you want me to get in bed with you and get crushed again? I'm awful today. I think I think it's because I'm kind of sick still that I'm just like I don't have time. For You're this. bitchy today, Chia. Plus, that's, like, that was another submission that didn't have any selling points on it. Not that yeah. selling points would have saved that one, but I'm I'm just saying. Okay, this next one has selling points. Peter Wright AA says this one is called Dance Stars. Okay, dance not Dancing with the Stars, but Dance Stars. So a school. At school, Keiji Tanaka is your typical introverted student, but during the night, he is the king of Beat Beat Revelations, a rhythm dancing game for only the most skilled of players. While witnessing Keiji's latest dance-off, he is discovered by Takumi Ito, a dance instructor at a local dance school called Dance Stars. To boost the school's popularity, Takumi is in dire need of good male dancers with the biggest ballroom dancing contest of the year, since the school mostly attracts women. The school's best female dancers, Akako Fuki, who is a passionate but sloppy dancer, and Shizuko Sato, who has perfect form while dancing but is very uninspired, still don't have a good dance partner. After Takumi challenges and beats Keiji in a dance-off, Keiji must now attend the Dance Stars for one semester. The biggest problem, Keiji is shy around women. Will Keiji stay at Dance Stars? Will he get over his shyness and learn to talk to women? Will they overcome the treacherous moves of the English waltz and the cha-cha? And who will represent Dance Stars at the biggest contest of the year? It's a comedy, romance, shonen, 12 episodes. And he says, why should we invest? This show is mainly about about how to overcome shyness around women through the magic of ballroom dancing. In my own experience, ballroom and Latin dancing lessons are a great way for meeting women and it's a fun way to do so while still keeping it classy by combining elements of romance and a, compa- and a, comp- and a, a competition against the rival dancing couple. You get a show that has cross-gender appeal. I, I love it. I have six words for this. I love it. Shut up and take my money. Wow. I, though I, I would, I would want to propose Did you a count change. those out? Shut up and I, take my... That was six words. Good job. There, there we go. I, I, have, I have a proposed idea that could be a change for this. I take it as it is. But here's my proposed idea. Make this the free of dancing. I was just thinking that. 
And instead of girls, sexy clothing, sexy clothing, tight leotards, dudes, you can have a couple girls in there so they have partners, but make this the free of dancing. And you think it's a trope anime because he's shy around women. Oh my God. But he's going to overcome his shyness. That's what it said. I, I caught little shades of uh, So You Think You Can Dance, um, the, the competition show here, and that's gotten spinoffs all over the world, which actually is really enjoyable. I'd like to see more challenging dance forms. Uh, then the English waltz and the cha cha. Let's let's go pasa doble. Let's 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 see some oh, really shit. Dropping tough it, stuff. Dropping the dropping it, Felix. Pasa doble. I I like this concept too. I think the only way that it could be better, could be improved, is if it's not an anime at all. That's a Bollywood film. Um, oh my god! You know, yes, yes. That's that's Do what it, this really fits. Make it make it free with ballroom and Bollywood. Yeah. I, I with with a romance in there. Keep the romance. Just, keep the romance. Just don't have it be a harem. Just have it be more gender distributed. And oh yeah, oh I love this. Um. So yeah, I, I'll I'll be in. For, I'll be in on this. Okay. And happily, not guiltily. No, 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 no qualms about this one. We have time for yeah. maybe two more. Um, that last one was from Peter Wright, and we passed it. So I'm going to skip the next one. It's also a Peter Wright, and we're going to go on to end of the line. This is a little long for Chiaki's voice today, Felix. Would you like to read it? All right, sure. Uh, Submission by Kind of Normal When Alone. Where's the fun in that? Um, All right. The world is pretty much ended. Only a single underground building remains in which a server lies with digital imprints of a million people, the only survivors. They live in a digital world created by mankind's last efforts. Because the reactors and servers need maintenance, people can be chosen through challenges to be transferred into one of only 10 cyborgs in the real world to carry out certain tasks. This requires, this includes repairs, gathering of resources, and implementing uh, changes to the digital realm. Thus, the chosen people decide over the fate of all of mankind. Genre, psychological, sci-fi drama, episode-length 45-minute OVA, four parts. Why invest? It it carries the the at-the-moment popular theme of visiting digital worlds while putting a pretty dark spin to it, Deals with themes of transhumanism, depression, immortality, and reality instead of high school and rom-com. I love this. I love this because I also think it's very timely right now because you have a lot of these really great minds like Elon Musk and Hawking and um, I think even the Google guys are involved with it. But all these people who are talking about artificial intelligence and what the future of humanity is. And then you have this idea of cloud serving and cloud servers and cloud computing along with photonics advancing to the point that quantum computers are potentially even becoming more of a discussion. And with that, you know, housing the human identity and what is going to be humanity in a hundred years and and how are we defining all that? And I think this could be a very timely show. And I love the fact that you were sensible, kind of normal when alone and said, you know, this is a, an OVA, maybe not four parts, but, but I love that, that you had that sensibility to kind of limited scope. I think I think OVA four parts, maybe every part deals with a different person at a different time. And there, there can be an element of that kind of loneliness there, too, where if there's only 10 people or even people, quote unquote, like I, I love this. I'd like to see some tweaks to the story because I'm really fascinated by how does one get chosen to go outside into the digital realm and, to, and, and, and inhabit one of those cyborgs and then start making changes that affect all of those survivors, what sort of politics, what sort of intrigues are involved there? And once they're on the outside, how do they know what's really out there? You know, because you're living in this digital realm. Oh, we're going to transfer your consciousness. You know, 
And how about this? We had this uh, once you're out there, you can't come back in. You're sacrificing yourself. That would be even more interesting. You yeah. know, to to, you know, to to make to keep existence going for the rest of humanity. You can't come back. So really, you never know what happens to them once they leave. You only see the effects of what they do in the world around you. You know, and it could really be a play on on heaven and hell, or not even that, but like the the afterlife and whatnot. Because there could be this whole thing where where society has lived in this digital world so long that that there's almost this religion or this cult around like why would you go to the outside there's yes. nothing in the great beyond there's nothing beyond this place those those people that world that they say they say we're all in one great server who are who are they talking how do we know how do we know you know how do we and, know and what's the, and the changes that have that happened to us in our world they say it's because of those who have ascended you know to to do the to perform the important tasks but how do we know that's just not nature yeah. You know, I, I think there's tremendous capacity for depth, for complexity, for, for asking hard questions and for interesting character driven storytelling. So I like this. OK, let's, um, you know, I guess I'll give my opinion really, really quick on it since, since I feel like I should. I, I, uh, I think that it's good that you went for the OVA. I think that it's, you know, a, a smaller measure of risk compared to having it on television and Although I think that this isn't really the kind of show that people are gravitating towards right now, I think that, and, I, and also your synopsis doesn't say how the world ended, just said it ended. I don't know if that really matters. I don't, I don't think it matters. I don't think that's yeah. what the story is about here. Um, you know, I'm kind of lukewarm about it. I don't really think it's going to, you both, you both were in, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. th- but this is this is, as I said before, this is one that I think has something to say yeah, that's well, timely. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say I'm out. I, it, yeah, it, I guess it makes it one way or the other, but I'm going to say I'm out. I just don't think people are going to be interested in it right now. Yeah, well. So, right. but, I get it, but it doesn't matter. Um, we might have time for two more if we're fast. Okay. okay. So um, let's read. It. I'm going to skip down to the bottom here. Uh, trying to find trying to find one from someone who hasn't submitted anything yet. Omnis submits one. There's no topic or no title. It says, Europe in medieval times. Our story takes place in an isolated village in the vast woods of what will later be known as the most western part of Germany. What every villager knows is that the forest provides everything you will ever need, as long as you don't go, don't go too far. When one day some children go missing, everyone who is able to walk set out in order to find them. At the end of the road, they will have faced witches, large old wolves, gnomes and many other dragons if you want to know why people were afraid of the woods this is what you watch horror fantasy psychological 11 episodes which i guess means they're putting on a noitamina and they say why invest it i guess it doesn't sell figures but done right the deep atmosphere might make this a, a gem to remember it's also expandable my voice is too rough right now to sing but don't you know what's out there in the woods um, I'm out. In, into the woods, <laughs> Into the woods. Yes. It, yeah. It, it, it doesn't make me feel very confident that in in I wish. in your why I invest wish. section, you actually said told me not to invest. Mm. You said I guess it doesn't really sell figures, but um, yeah. but but it has good atmosphere. No. I we saw this uh, in, here in the West. It was called uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not. I'm not excited about this at all. It seems very generic. I, I, I think the, the Into the Woods premise has been done kind of 
the the twist on the fairy tale has been done so many times that it's hard to find a new way to twist it. I'm, I'm not blaming you for trying. I'm just not seeing it here. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And may God have mercy on your soul. Okay. That's the, that's the king of all rejection that drops. That is awful. Yeah, it's, that's about as bad as it could ever get. All right, we have time for one more if we're quick. Okay. All right. I'll read the one by Nomsy Womsy Lomsy. All right. Make it, make it quick. Read it fast. The main plot would follow one boy who, after watching a hockey game in North America at a very young age, and right then decided that that's what he wanted to do when he grew up. It would detail the struggles of trying to break out in a sport that's not so popular in Japan, but with the help of a pro f- of a former pro, he eventually excels in the Asia Ice Hockey League to eventually have a shot at not only representing his country but to play in North America. Uh, six, fifty to one hundred episodes, twenty three minutes each. Sports, seinen. Um, it's basically he has a, a business appeal here, but it basically basically sounds like major with hockey. If you can get Disney to sign in on this, then maybe it'll be marketable because it's a Disney plot line. Um, you know, and then they made Miracle. I, I, I don't know. I, I've, it's too, it's too feel-good sports movie. And me being a fan of sports movies uh, and sports stories, I, I generally tend to like them, but I always walk in saying, okay, how is this going to be different than the last one? This w- doesn't sound very different. I would want more market research just to kind of test the waters yeah. of hockey in Japan because I, I think it could kind of have that cool foreign vibe that, that Japanese people would go for. Um, and there hasn't been any hockey anime yet. That's true. But Well, not that, we know, not that not, I can think of. Yeah, at least a major. Um, but I, I'm... I'm tentative with this um my thought is sports anime have a history of making a shit ton of money yeah a shit ton of money and i don't mean like i don't i'm not talking about a little shit i mean like a big shit that clogs your toilet like a neil the massive mascot Um, we're talking major we're talking slam dunk kuroko no basuke yomushi pedal haiku all these shows make mad cash all of them. But are they more marketable sports that they're usually built on? Well, um, well here, here are some examples. Yomushi Pedal was cycling. I think that show probably made more money than any anime of the last five years. Yeah. Yomushi Pedal was a beast. That was cycling. Free is a swimming anime. Haikyuu is a volleyball. That around the Summer Olympics. Let me just put an asterisk it, on that. That, that, that. that could have come out in... That could have come out any period. It has yeah. glistening, glistening abs in it. <laughs> Haikyuu's a volleyball anime. These are all off the beaten path sports that were huge hits. Ping pong was a was kind of a niche, a niche, anime, niche anime, so I'm going to kind of excuse that one. But I really want to say yes if we can change the genre to shonen. Because you have seinen here. Yeah. Which I, means it's for like adult males. I'm going to guess that the... Uh Namzi hmm. Wamsi meant shonen. I'm just gonna assume that. I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes if under the assumption that I can give you a lower budget, like a more of a shonen anime budget for the fifty episodes, 
because then maybe I can maybe I can give you the money of like a 26 episode show and make you apply it to 50 episodes because that's what they do with a lot of shonen shows. Yeah. So if I can give you 26 episode type of money and make it a shonen, then I'm in. But as is, as the proposal stands now, if it has to, I think I'm still in for 50 episodes, not for 100, unless it's a huge hit. Yeah. Then we can talk. I'm tentatively in also. I'm not excited by it. Okay. I, I'm willing to take the risk if I can kind of give you a low, a low budget. Maybe your animation's kind of shoddy. You know, maybe you'll figure out a way to make it work. Um, but sports anime, they, they, they rarely flop. Like, honestly, it's, it's kind of weird. You would think, oh, it's, an, it's, oh, it's That's sports. That's true of everything until the first one flops. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we did have that sumo wrestling anime, Abadenbo Kishi, recently. That thing was a sack of balls. Yeah, but I still think a lot of people watched it. They can do a lot with hockey. I mean... Well, hockey is exciting to is. watch, and it visually exciting, especially when it's live. And so that aspect has a certain appeal. Like, I'm trying to picture it in my head. you got fighting, yes. hits, people getting hit. And just... A hockey puck flying through the air after a slap shot, you know. You could have the camera like right behind the puck. How much exposition right guy's... would oh, you I'm, need to explain the details, the, the the intricacies of the rules? Because I'm I mean, a lot of people can follow hockey. Well, okay, you have to put it in the put it in the opposite net, but 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 icing and offsides and the the the, the basic penalties of the game, uh, the nuances of the game power plays, the way that it's played in North America versus in other places. Um, I think that's challenging. So, I think I'm in. I think, it's, I think it has enough to be exciting. I think that volleyball's rules are just as confusing as hockey's because no one, no one follows volleyball. I, it didn't seem to matter then. No, not in Japan. Volleyball is not a major sport in Japan. Yeah, but it's not that difficult a sport to follow rules-wise. You'd be surprised. Like, they go into some, really, into some pretty intense detail in Haikyuu. You, know, you got like the spotter, the spiker, the that's the, strategy. The guy who, that's different than basic rules. But it's, you have the you have your positions on the court. They talk about like they go in. All right, you're out. You're out. I'm in. Are you in or out, Chiaki? We got to we, we got to end the topic. I'm in. Okay. 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 So we uh, we pat. I think we took four and failed like like six. Which <laughs> <laughs> not so bad. Which you know probably is. Maybe even more gentler than the industry itself. Do you, do you guys have a favorite of the of the of the ones we passed? Oh, definitely the um, the the humanity lives in a server one. Well, my Hands favorite. Down. My favorite was the dancing one. I think the dancing one. I think I got the most excited about the dancing one. Um, okay. So that, 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 All right. that, that's good enough for me. Okay. That was kind of a rough transition. <laughs> we'll clean it up in post. Okay, so we're going to take another quick news break, a real short one, and we're going to come back and we're going to nail these last five impressions. Nail them. we got a couple more shows to pass for the spring season, so we'll see what they're going to be after the news break. you anime addicts this is chiaki and this is your anime news break now i have a question for you would you want to destroy or protect now think about that answer if you were godzilla 
For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, there is a Bandai Namco Entertainment game coming out that is Godzilla for the PS4 and PS3. And Bandai Namco Entertainment Europe has recently begun streaming on YouTube a second English trailer for the Godzilla action game this past week. The same trailer has already debuted in Japanese previously. The trailer notes that all monsters will be playable, and it previews the roster including Godzilla, King Ghidorah, Hedorah, Mechagodzilla 2, and a lot more if you're fans of the franchise that you'll recognize. In other news, fans of the Persona 4 franchise are probably ready for Persona 4 Dancing All Night to come out. I've mentioned it before, and there have been some pretty cool trailers that have come out, but there's a recent one that is worth mentioning again. Atlas has recently begun streaming a promotional video that previews a special DLC, the Women's Swimsuit Set. It'll be available for free for those who purchase first print copies of the Persona 4 Dancing All Night PlayStation Vita video game in Japan. The set will include outfits for Chie, Yukiko, Bisei, and Naoto. Now, I just gotta say though, where's the men's swimsuit set? Now, I have some news for Sailor B. You heard me right, Sailor B. I have news just for you. Okay, I'm not gonna play favorites. I have news for anybody who loves Sailor Moon and being comfortable. Online retailers Super Groupies and Premium Bandai are starting pre-orders for fluffy loungewear themed after Sailor Moon's Usagi Tsukino and her middle school uniform. Now, it is all of the fluffiness you could possibly want, but even better, in the front of the loungewear that zips up, there's an attachable red ribbon and crystal brooch. Pre-orders for the items will be held until June 1st, and the loungewear will retail for 9,800 yen, which is a little pricey at 82 US dollars. It's scheduled to ship sometime in early September for pre-orders. There's one more thing that I have to say as a girl that I love, it has pockets on the front. In some news for those of you who follow dubs, Funimation Entertainment has recently begun streaming an English dub clip from Seraph of the End Vampire Reign. The English broadcast dub is part of Funimation's Double Talk streaming block. You can find the full dubcast online. This was Chiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. And we're back to the 277th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Okay, guys, so we've got five impressions to do, and you've got about 40 minutes to do it. Wow. All right. It gives you about eight minutes each. Well, can you handle it? I think so. I think Felix has three. Yeah, and three I have of them. Two. So you guys are going to have to go back and forth. I was going to say, why don't you go first, and then we'll alternate. Okay. Uh, let me just, I'll start from the bottom of my list here. Ameiro Coco. Am I pronouncing that correctly? That's pretty good. Ameiro Coco. Um, this is, this was billed as a slice of life anime. I, the first time I watched the first episode, which was all of two minutes long, I thought 
that where I was watching it from had just cut off after the first two minutes and I couldn't find the rest of it. But no, apparently every episode of this is a minute and a half to two minutes long. It focuses on the employees and the folks who hang out at a local coffee shop, um, including the, the one viewpoint employee. I'm not even going to bother to give them names because it's not important. <laughs> um, the one guy, everybody mistakes him for a girl. And he can't figure out why the dude who sits in the corner on his phone all the time is all sullen and rude to him and doesn't like him. And then there are boisterous, boisterous people who come in and out of the of the coffee shop. And every episode is like, wow, why did he look at me like that? That's kind of mean. Credits. Um, it's really stupid. It was it was a waste of my time. I watched three episodes to, to get this impression done. And that was nine minutes of my life that I wish I could have gotten back. Uh, um, yeah. No, thank you. Goodbye. Flush, whoosh, feed it the shark tank, whatever you want to do. Um, it's ugly to look at. This is the three minute episode one, right? Huh? Yeah. 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 So this is, um, yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't really have an impression that goes much longer than the time it took to watch. All uh, the th- I'm going to encourage the, an attempt to, to get to the eight minutes if you can. Uh, I'm, I'm saying it's, it's ugly. Channel your. It's, it's ugly to look at. It's poorly cheaply animated and the plot lines that are strung through. I mean, what this reminds me of is flash fiction. All right. This is something that when I was in graduate school for, for writing, this was an exercise in, could you tell a complete story beginning, middle and end in 250 words or less? I haven't done an exercise like that in a while. It, it's fun to do, and what we did was we we built a we built a, a, a fictional town where you know all of our flash fiction stories, everyone in the class, all of our stories took place in the same town, and sometimes we would borrow one another's characters or settings or places. But the goal is always tell a story beginning, middle, and end less than a page. All right, and you have to you have to grab somebody quick, and you have to get them invested. And then you have to give them a satisfying end. And there's none of that here. There's no resolution to anything because you're expected to tune in for the next two-minute segment. It's like you're wandering into the coffee shop and you're overhearing snippets of conversations. And none of the conversations you're hearing snippets of are interesting. In fact, you don't want to ever go back to this, this coffee store ever again. So I don't know where I'm at as far as time goes, but I'm telling you, this is this is a waste of animation talent, a waste of voice talent, and certainly a waste of your time if you choose to invest in it. I'm out. Is there is there a group of people like think of, so? There's a lot of different types of anime fans, right? Mm-hmm. So I know it sounds like an it sounds like an inconsequential show that has a lot of has some tropes in it. But is there a mark? Is there is there a group of people that you think that this is marketing towards? I have no idea. That's another thing I couldn't figure out. Is that who would find this appealing? I don't know. You know, I mean, <laughs> uh, unless you're a people watcher, you know, and then most people enjoy that. They like sitting in a public place and watching people and making up stories for them. Okay, but usually you take more than <clears throat> two minutes to do it. And and, and this what we're getting it, it's the most banal, uninteresting. Good word. It, it, it's it, it's a waste. That that's all I I have to say about it. You know, we haven't really had a lot of uh, luck with these short length shows, and, and it, it's kind of like 
the way it works is you you get these shows unknowingly unless you're doing re- unless you do unless you do extensive research on every show you like that that's coming out before you make your picks which right. honestly no one has time to do that there's too many shows you kind of get the there's usually one or two of these short length shows every season and yeah for the person who's covering that show you you, you kind of win a prize because you don't have to you don't have to ex- expend as much time covering the show right but at the same time it's unfortunate because a lot of the time these shows i feel like they're things that are intended to be crammed into another another tv show's like time block you know they show it like before they run a commercial they're like stay tuned after the episode of one piece for the episode of amedo coco gotcha and they air it for like 3 minutes but because you're watching like 3 minutes per week it it feels more like one of those gags that Disney that, that sometimes Pixar puts before they're like real films. A short film. I saw yeah. I saw two of two three minute series and the amount of time that we've been doing this podcast that were decent. One of them was the My Sister is an Osaka Mama. I forget the Japanese translation. But that was interesting because it was quick cultural notes. And then the other one was like uh, the one about climbing. It was like Daughter of the Climb or something like that. Wow. And it was about rock climbing. Felix, this show is getting murdered on my anime list. Okay. I mean, on a, on a on a website where pretty much every show in the history of the world gets between a six and a half and an eight and a half. Okay. With ninety percent of those being between a seven and an eight, this show's got a five point two. <laughs> that's oh, like, man. It, oh man, that's that's pretty brutal. I mean, that's like. Well, I'm glad to see know, that I'm on on target here. It, it's it's bad. On a website where most fans are emotional and they just give everything a ten when they like it, and the rest of the people that don't like it don't bother going to the website. Yeah. To have a show get a five makes me feel like people are so angry at it that they're going <laughs> to the website to kill it. So, okay, so uh, we're gonna fail. Amado Coco. I'm gonna give you the most aggressive fail drop that we've got right now. Oh no God! No God! Please no! 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 <laughs> is, is that how you would feel if you had to watch one more episode? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> close, you know. Well, you can take that. I, I mean, that's 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 how I felt if somebody had to make me watch another episode of Crossange, you know, but... Uh, take that drop, and you can just breathe a sigh of relief with it. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Chiaki's turn. My turn. So I am going to give an impression on the second season of Knights of Sidonia or Sidonia no Kishi. Knights of Sidonia is an, an is based off of a manga. Manga started in 2009, still ongoing, 14 volumes. The original series ran in 2014 from April to June. So it's had a basically almost a year break between the two. Um, and this one just started in April. And the full title is uh, Sidonia, Sidonia no Kishi Daikyu Wakse sen, eh, sen Eki um, sen, Yeah, Sen Eki uh, But it's basically Knights of Sidonia 2 is kind of be- the way I'm classifying it because it is a direct sequel Oh yeah This isn't a this isn't a like we wrapped up the first season and now we're continuing on like the first season ended with an almost to be continued and the second season started Now that's not to say that the first season didn't have a conclusion to it because I actually think it did but but they're continuing the greater story of Sidonia no Kishi ah. So in in the first season we met 
Nagate or Tan- Nagate Tanikaze. And Tanikaze was raised in the bowels of the Sidonia. And the Sidonia is one of the seed ships. The uh, Earth was no longer inhabitable. World ended and the seed ships were launched into the universe. And at this point, they've been drifting so long looking for a new place to settle that they don't even know. They'd, they've lost all communication with the other seed ships. So for all they know, the Sidonia is the last stand of humanity. And throughout the the decades, they have done things to survive in space. And, and that's one of the things that we praise Sidonia no Kishi for before is, is it has this kind of gritty, realistic feel to it that that's sci-fi, but still kind of makes sense. And there's a couple of examples for this that I want to bring up. One of them is that the humans um, have photosynthesis and they've they've genetically modified mankind to have this because right in the early days of the Sidonia, they recognized that there wasn't enough food. They couldn't produce enough food. So they had to find an alternate method for people to sustain themselves and for the population not to dwindle. And so they, they developed photosynthesis. Another interesting thing is the mecha or the guards um when they fly they fly in a circle they join hands and it's actually really cool because you think about that logically and you're like well yeah if if you had 10 ships flying in the same direction them kind of all linking up together makes a lot more sense than them just flying side by side to each other so there are these really interesting kind of anecdotes throughout the the show that that grounds it in this reality but reality for this world um Sidonia, the the second season of Knights of Sidonia, uh, take tackles on more of what they're fighting, which is the um, they're fighting these things called the Ghana. The Ghana are these aliens that have been basically pursuing humanity. And if I'm honest, they might have been the reason why humanity had to leave Earth to begin with. But it's not whether they're the reason humanity left Earth or not is is really inconsequential because at this point the Ghana are like hunting down humanity and they're attracted to the 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 knights the knights of sidonia the the pilots fight with these uh kami kamizashi kamizabashi kabizashi kabizashi thank you um these spears that can kill the ghana in in season one that can kill the ghana and the ghana are attracted to them so season two starts and and there's going to be slight spoilers for season one because it is a direct continuation oh you totally can't but, watch this unless you watch the first one. Oh yeah no um but season two starts the the big thing at the start of season two without completely spoiling the end of season one is that they create what's called a chimera and it's a hybrid a stable hybrid between a human and a ghana so think of it like a mecha that it's almost uh, and it, it's funny that this happened because when when Knights of Sidonia first came out we were talking about how it's kind of like attack on titan in space it kind of has that there were no Ghana attacks for a hundred years and then the Ghana attacked again and now they're attacking us and humanity is on the run and and it has that same kind of desperate feel that attack on titan did but in a space opera setting and the the Ghana um so what they've done is is they've created a chimera which is almost like a um, bionic mecha it's like a living organism that has thoughts and has comprehension like a human but it has all of the abilities all of the the space and attack abilities that the ghana has and so the presence of this on the sidonia is is a very big thing and so um tanikaze has a link to this particular ghana through someone who um got uh in 
affected by the Ghana. That's not really the right word, but I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. Um, and it's about him and kind of this new world order. And it's been setting up where we're, we're headed down a really interesting path because in, throughout the whole first season, you have this kind of head council that's overseeing like puppeteers of, of the future of the Sidonia. And right at the start of this season, um, that head council is no longer relevant, I'll say. And so <laughs> that's a nice way to handle that. <laughs> and so um, this season, season three, the first episode was very, I don't want to say techno babble, but two, it, so, two. sorry, say thank you. Thank you. So the, the first episode of season two was, I don't want to say techno babble, but it was, it was very heavy world building. It was very heavy. We are going to set the stage of what this season, this season is going to be. And it was a little off pace, I would say, compared to the overall pace of Sidonia. But by episodes two, definitely three, and 100% four, there it is back to epic space battles, really uh, tumultuous things going on. The kind of decisions where people are making of like, do we sacrifice half of our people and half of the ship to live? Like that kind of level of decision making. And it's... It, it is a fantastic show. Now, this is this is, this is made by Polygon Pictures. So, Knights of Sidonia is 100% CG, which hurts the eyes of some people, inclu myself included, from when I first started watching it. And you kind of get used to it. Um, I actually think that the second season had an up in budget from the first season because I feel like the CG is a lot smoother. Not to say the first season looked bad, but I think it looks even better. I think it's a lot smoother. I think it moves a lot more than an anime um, moves. But I, I overall, this this is getting a pass. It's amazing, yeah, and it's really and I'm really excited for the second season. Well, one reason why I like why I love Knights of Sidonia so much is because this show has balls. I mean, you'll have you'll have episodes where they send it, where they send out like a fleet of 20, 20 mechs to fight something, and they kill eight eight of the people, and th therefore when something really ten tense happens, as it did in episode four or five, I can't remember which, you literally don't know if they're gonna just kill everybody. Like literally, they you just don't know. I mean, there are some shows, there are some Gundam shows, and there are some like even like Attack on Titan. They refuse to kill major characters, or like Tokyo Ghoul. These characters never die. So when something really dangerous, when there's a tense moment, I don't, I never feel gripped because I know that they're not going to kill anybody. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. In Knights of Sidonia, they could no just, one is sacred. They could flat out kill everybody and blow up the blow up their ship, blow blow up the colony ship at any minute. I would almost say it's Attack on Titan meets George R. R. Martin's approach to characters yeah, in I, space. <laughs> what you were describing, I, I was immediately, the way people describe Game of Thrones. You know. Yeah, no, it, main characters have and will die in the series. Now, people in the chat, there's a, we, we're, we're still having the debate about the CG. <sighs> what is it, your thought about the CG, Chiagi? You know, it's one of those things that I get it, I'm an aesthetic person, and if, if you can't get past it, you can't get past it, but... I would say that this is a series that you should try to give it the three episodes, unless you just hate it. Like, if you hate sci-fi and you hate space, like, and you hate mecha, and it's everything that sounds awful to you on top of being CG that you also don't like, like, fine. But 
if you're remotely interested in it, I would give it a couple episodes and really make the effort because I didn't like the first episode. I was like, there's no way I'm watching this. And I'm like, is the next episode of Sidonia out? Because oh. it, it really. Yeah, that's the that's the opinion that Cram had. Like he wouldn't even give this thing a chance to my knowledge because he knew that it was CG. But by God, but, but my God, it looks so expensive. Like this show looks like they've poured a ton of money into it. Everything looks so good. Yeah. The mechs look amazing. I love how they handle like the the dynamic in space. They'll like they'll they'll feel like they'll do this thing where they'll when they need to travel a far distance. Yeah, quickly, I, already, I already talked about you that. You talked about how the mechs will yeah. link arms and mm-hmm. they'll come. I mean, the CG, yes, it, it it's it is CG, but they but they're do but the CG is done in such a way that they're trying to mimic the style of hand painted animation. And and like I said, I think it's gotten better. I think it moves a lot more like anime. In season two, the movement of it, I think it, the the keyframes and the timing feels more like anime to me than season one. But I mean, if I have to put up with CG, and as the chat also said, an occasional like boob grab joke or something, I'm gonna put up with it if I can get an anime that ha- that's a sci-fi like epic horror show that isn't just boy X in school meets girl blah blah blah. I mean, these shows are rare. They're, they're rare. Like, they don't happen often. You more, get two a year, maybe. More than a couple of people in the chat said that they 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 toughed it through and made it work on the CG or got used to it because the story's worth it, and it really is. So, yeah, pass. I agree. Gone on too long. I'm sorry, but this is a, it's a all right. great show. Mine are going to be short. It's one, of the <laughs> it's, best, right. it's one of the best shows of the season. Again. What a way to transition to my next one. <laughs> all right. I'm just going to read the, the English title of this this show um, this show has people watching it though okay well whatever that. that's fine um <laughs> is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon all right and i just learned now in the last few minutes that this series is based on a light novel series and it makes complete sense i think it tells you something <laughs> when you know one of the main characters in this series hestia the goddess hestia um, images of her in her really short white torn up skirt and her boobs falling out show up on tum- on my Tumblr every once in a while. Uh, maybe it says something about me and what m- my searches are, are like. But yeah, I was gonna say that's all that shows up on your Tumblr because I get some way worse than. Well, I, yeah, but the fact that it shows up at all kind of says something about where this anime goes. Um, this is just just very briefly the concept and. I kind of like the idea of taking um, concepts of RPGs and RPG gaming and making them completely literal. Like people living in a world where they are, they look at an adventure and say, oh, he's only a level one guy. Like they can see it on his face or through his experience. And, and you have a patron goddess who levels you up, who looks at your experience and plays around with the numbers and I could boost this ability for you. And I, I thought that was kind of neat. But this anime looks like it has been done on the cheap. Somebody took the, saw the light novel series, saw how successful it was, is we need an adaptation of this, and we need to do it to make the most amount of money, so we're going to make it look really, really cheap. And that's what this does. Also, it is, uh, it is a harem anime. There's no way around it. And I, I know it's funny coming from me, because the last time I was on... <laughs> I, for, I, I forgave and I was fully on board with an anime that can be considered a harem anime, and I forgave it that because I found the characters to be charming. This time, I don't find any char- any, anything about the characters to be charming, and this is a harem anime 
outright. Um, who are these characters? All right, your main character is Bell. Uh, Bell is an adventurer. He's a level one guy when we first meet him. He's very earnest. He means well. Uh, his parents, he lost his parents when he was very young. And uh, he couldn't find, he wants to be an adventurer, but he was too weak and scrawny. No, no other familia, which is a group of adventurers that have a patron god or goddess in the world, would take him in. Nobody wants him. So he was adopted by a goddess who had just come down and didn't have a familia of her own, and that's Hestia. And Hestia is uh, short, petite, very booksom, and wholly already in love with Belle, and Belle doesn't see it. She, she, she schemes ways to sleep with him, fall asleep with him, cuddle up with him. Hopefully he'll grope her, and he, he like bolt, sits up bolt upright, and says, oh my gosh, and he runs away, and she's like, you're so dumb. Um, but she's only one of the women that apparently... Uh, is into him. Meanwhile, he only has eyes for the master swordswoman. Um, uh, what's her name here? She is um, Ice Wallenstein, who is, she's very soft-spoken. She doesn't say a lot, but she kicks ass. And she's a member of the Loki familia. Uh, Loki, but not Tom Hiddleston Loki. Bummer. Red, red-haired, flat-chested girl Loki, who's a shameless flirt and completely wants to bed eyes Wallenstein. That's her favorite, but eyes is, you know, takes things very seriously and just bats her hand away from her ass at every opportunity. Um, what these adventurers <laughs> do is they go down. They, the, the main geographical feature of the world they live in is a dungeon. And that's what they call it. You're going down to the dungeon today and they fight monsters to level up. They also go down to the dungeon and fight monsters hoping to find romance because that's what you do to meet people in this world is you go down and you fight monsters. Uh, then there are the people who live in the world who are not adventurers, who are, they, they work in the shops, they work in the ale, in the, in the pubs and whatnot, and they're just sort of side characters. And there's one of the, one, one of the pub wenches who's also in love with Belle and he doesn't see it. Um, it's, it's, it's so generic it's so stupid, and Hestia is such an insipid character that the high-pitched voice, you just want to run screaming from the room. And there's tons of anime out there where there's a character with a ah, high-pitched voice, you know, and, and you forgive it. This time, no, because there's nothing original about this. If you're a fan of the light novel series, then go to town. With this, or maybe you're disappointed because it's animated so cheaply. If you don't know this is from a light novel series and you watch it, you're going to beg for that time back too. Okay, this is so bad that I wish the episodes were only two minutes long. Ooh. But you know, but it, they're not. They're they're full half an hour. So fail on all with, with no reservation whatsoever. And I understand people are watching this and they're loving it. Maybe they're not liking me because I'm hating on it. I don't give a rat's ass. Wow, fail. He's angry, complete. Utter fail. Do you live happily ever after? Of course, Elizabeth. What a pile of shit. So, I have a couple questions. Okay. So, you neglected to mention the boob ribbon. So the what? This is a anime about leveling up and dungeon crawling and stuff. And boobs and girls. Yeah. So, I'm expecting... You don't you, you don't you don't know what I'm talking about with the boob ribbon. No. You don't know. I don't know. It's this it's this I'm showing you my computer right now. It's this blue ribbon that I'm assuming this girl in the white quote unquote dress is Hestia. Hestia, yes. She wears this blue ribbon that attaches to her biceps and go and runs under her breasts. It's part of her costume. Yes. 
this is something that is basically driving people to watch the show because this piece, this piece of clothing was invented by this show. This is an, Hestia is, an, is a character that gets cosplayed because of this ribbon that goes under her breasts. So my question is, to, I'm asking you, what stat point, what stat does this ribbon increase, and by how many points does it increase? Any stat you want. I don't think the ribbon serves any function at all that I saw in the episodes that I watched. It's just ornamental. It's just there for the camera to focus on because she levels up and, and she's a goddess. So she doesn't level up. She levels up bell. You know, bell is the one that she, she manipulates right. his stats I get to that. level him up. I but, get, I get that. But like in final fantasy, you have the ribbon item that, that prevents all status ailments. There must be some stat attribute that her that the ribbon gives her is it is it charm is she getting luck or charm from it no because she's not particularly charming is she annoys the heck out of hephaestus is great tittedness a stat well if if she she had her way because she constantly makes fun of loki for the fact that she doesn't have any you know anything at all any breasts yeah i just want to say as the only girl here a ribbon attached to your biceps i'm not convinced that that would be um very Supportive. supportive well her breasts must be fake um, because she's got like e's or d- at least d's she's a goddess yeah but yeah but her breasts must be fake because a ribbon a tiny little ribbon is not going to hold up d-sized breasts unless they were fake like stuff with silicone straight out fire rock is great, great tittedness, tittedness a, st- a stat it's part of the fantasy element of this okay think about what you're talking about you're trying to you're trying to understand this with real world physics and it's just inappropriate this this anime it must be striking the right chord with people because my my thought was that people are loving it. But see, that's not that that's not to say that it's a good show because no. on this on this podcast we're more critic than fan. Yes, and we get and I get killed for it all the time. I just got killed for not liking Shokugeki no Soma, which is an anime where they cook naked, basically. Um, so it's not our called, job to I be know, fans. Didn't you get called a? bigot for that I got one? called a bigot <laughs> I got called a bigot for that and I didn't even give the impression that was Kazuo so but um oh, man okay so alright back to you Chiaki also also I have one more question <laughs> when, when they get to the bottom of the dungeon do they ever get to the bottom and find like an item at the bottom no, items come generally from the gods or the goddesses themselves. What they get every time they kill a monster is they get a shard of a jewel, which they can take back as coins. They can trade it for currency. Uh-huh. They can buy weapons. They can buy equipment. It's very much like an RPG. You know, and I, I applaud you taking, if you're going to go literal with it, then you go all the way literal with it. That, I, was, I, I was wondering if they were maybe ripping off Dot .hack a little bit, but I don't know. Okay. Okay, that one's gone on long enough. All right. So my next and final impression is Kyokai no Rinne. And Kyokai no Rinne, the reason why I started watching this one and why maybe even many people are is because it is the latest show from Rumiko Takahashi. Ooh. Yes, the one who brought us Ranma One Half. Mei Koku. Mei Koku. Inuyasha. and a number of other insert girl boy genre here okay. <laughs> um this manga started in 2009 is currently ongoing will probably be ongoing until the end of time um it has 25 volumes currently out Ooh. oh dear um, god it's already long yeah she needs to get control of herself i i don't think that's happening especially since her shows make so much money i don't think anyone is telling her to edit it down i guess 
Um, Japan's J.K. Rowling. Not even. Japan's... I don't even know what. Um, Japan's Stephen King. He churns out ridiculous quantities She's the of opposite of George R.R. R. Martin. She makes too much. Stop it. You're killing your, your key animators. Now, now wait. All right. So. so this is currently scheduled for 25 episodes, though I almost kind of want to laugh at that because I'm like, if this show yeah. ends up being actually 25 episodes, I'm going to be shocked. Then talk about how she died. Okay, <laughs> honestly, probably that would probably be why it was only 25 episodes. The director of this show is uh, Seiki Sugawara and uh, Seiki did, was the director for Defrag. And that's basically it as far as her her Seiki. That's is that a ch- is that a female name? Mitsugi Seiki. Uh, I don't. I it actually don't like know. A boy's name. Maybe it's a boy's. His, her. I'm so sorry. There's no picture for the person's bio, so I don't actually know. There, um, Sugawara's other credits are all assistant director and episode director, and really nothing very notice notable. Probably the most notable that would give me the most hope is um, they were an episode director for episode three of uh, Sakamichi no Apollon or Kids on the Slope. So that's kind of interesting that they have that we have this series who's from, I would say, a very high profile manga creator and original storyteller that is being done by really an almost a no name director, I would say. Um, (coughs) The series composition is done by uh, Michiko Yokote. And Michiko has worked on a number of big things as the scriptwriter and screenplay. She's worked on a screenplay for Dot Hack Sign, did the script for Bleach, did the script for a couple of episodes in Blood Plus, did the script for Gintama, did the script for Ichigo Mashimoto, a couple episodes in that. So, so the scriptwriter has been around for a while, which is, I would almost argue, just as important, if not more important, than, than the directorial role for this one given the fact that they're adapting probably what will be iconic source material so Kyokai no Rinne is the story of Mamiya Sakura and Sakura is able to see ghosts she's an average high school student who can see ghosts (laughs) (laughs) do you find this original yet? I see dead people and so Sakura is able to see ghosts and she's able to see ghosts because when she was a child, she got kind of sucked into this purgatory place, I guess you could say. I forgot the actual name uh, from the series, but it's this world between world where spirits go after they die to become part of the Ninne, uh, the, the great wheel um, of, of time. Well, not time, but of the afterlife and enter into the cycle of rebirth. And... Since going into that world and eating a piece of food when she was a child, she can now see ghosts. And she doesn't actually know that until she meets her classmate, who is uh, Rinne Rokudo. Um, and Rokudo is... she. He's, he's kind of like the... No one... He's rarely in class, kind of whatnot. And no one can see him the first time she meets him because he's wearing this um, hikama... I think I'm using the correct terms. 
And he's he's wearing this hikama that is like a spirit robe, basically, where he no one no humans can see him. Of course, she can see him because she can see spirits. And his role is he's a human, but also kind of a shinigami in training. And he helps souls that can't move on to the afterlife move into the afterlife. And the first episode is is basically a summary of that. We see uh, a spirit who can't move on. Um, it's haunting a cell phone, and they Odinne helps that spirit move on to the the afterworld, and he can travel between our world and and the purgatory world and and whatnot. And he's he's trying to get there. We learn later on in throughout the course of the second and third episode that Nin, uh, Nin, I don't, I actually don't know. Nin, Nin, um, he's very poor because his grandmother is a Shinigami and his grandmother is a Shinigami who married, a, fell in love and married a human and made it. The human was going to die. So she met this human when she was supposed to be reaping him. And they, to, to marry him and extend his life, she agreed to, collect like three times or 50 times or in, in a, a, a large degree of souls that would be more than normal. And if she couldn't, the debt would fall to her grandchildren. And so um, when his grandfather died, Rinne's, um, Rinne became very poor and kind of had no one on the human side of the world because his grandmother can't live there anymore because his grandfather died. And he's also trying to pay back his grandmother's debt. Um, so Sakura is kind of always footing the bill of his of his work. Like there's almost an infomercial aspect to this of like the and this is not I'm trying to think of a real example, but it's like the demon fan used to blow demon or used to blow spirits into the afterlife. 300 yen on sale. Um, so she's always kind of helping him with tools of the trade because he's not a full Shinigami. And you know that that's going to happen later because he's already referenced ha not having a scythe and um, that he needs to have one and whatnot. And then by episode three, we meet uh, Dokumon, who is the classic, um, uh, what is it? What is it in Inuyasha? Shippo. Kind Shippo, of that. Which means tail in Japanese, by the way. <laughs> Shippo does have a big tail in that anime. Yeah. Um, so the classic kind of cute little half animal esque character um, joins us and he makes a contract with Ninne and then he's going to be in the series. And I've, I haven't watched it, but I've heard it in episode four. We meet uh, uh, Jumonji Subasa, who's going to kind of be the love triangle element. Jumonji? Jumonji. <laughs> um, who's going to be the love triangle element of uh -oh. the show. So, guys, she cannot get through a show without a love triangle. This is like Rumiko Takahashi's trademark. Every yep. show has to have a love triangle. Sure. No, this this show. If if you love Rumiko Takaha, um, Takahashi, this show is her. Like she's basically been like, "What have I done before? Girls getting pulled into alternate dimensions, people wielding large weapons that are fantastical, some kind of small creature." Love triangles. I think I'll do all of this again. It's her greatest hits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thrown into a blender. But yeah. I have to say, and this is coming from someone who, who generally loves shows like this, I wasn't charmed by it. 
I was expecting it to kind of have it. And maybe maybe I've seen too much. Maybe I look at those shows with nostalgia goggles and this won't hold up. And it will hold up for people who this will be their nostalgia show. Um, but I it, it just felt kind of tired to me. Like I watched it and I, and I was waiting for something that went, okay, what's the charm of this show? And I just wasn't getting it from the first three episodes, which may be unfair because, like I said, it's probably going to run like three million episodes. So counting it, making a judgment based on the first three is kind of rough. But but I didn't I wanted some I wanted to watch this and kind of have that girlhood moment of like, ah, like like that nostalgic place feeling of of this is this is what I would geek out about if I was a girl. And I just wasn't getting it. I really wasn't. And maybe it's because it was too placed in the the real world and not enough for the fantasy. Too much maybe Ranma one half and not enough Inuyasha for my personal taste. Either way, I can I can see why people are going to love this show. And I can see why it's going to appeal to people who are of the Ranma one half and of the Inuyasha fan crowd. And I'm sure it's going to... I mean, the animation is not really much of anything to speak on. Because, again, I'm sure it's going to run a million episodes. Um and they're trying to stretch their budget out. and But I'm not, I can't pass it. I'm just not going to pass it. And, and and can we make this a gentle fail, fail drop? Because it doesn't fail, it just doesn't pass. That is one big pile of shit. That was not gentle. We have no gentle fail drops here, sir. Yeah, I, I hope I hope people who love this show take my my impression and don't feel attacked by it because they really shouldn't. It's not a bad show. It's just it's not for the format of this it's too podcast. Late. It's too late, Chuck. You're dead already. I'm dead to them. So I mean, we searched pretty hard for these fail drops. That last one was Jurassic Park. Yeah. And the one before that, do you recall? Um. Drop dead Fred. <laughs> Drop dead. Wow. Fred. <laughs> I love Drop Dead. Wow. Fred. Okay. Felix is like, I'm out. Nope. <laughs> All right, we got Drop one Dead more. Drop Dead Fred had Phoebe Cates. Do, do you like Drop Dead Fred? No, but I like Phoebe <laughs> Cates. Okay, we got one more impression here. All right. So Felix uh, manning it up for the three ep- for the three impressions. Look, y'all knew uh, the last couple of times that I've been on this show, this particular program has come up for various reasons. Ars- Arslan Senki. Um, and... I was I was excited because it was a listener. You know, it was someone in the chat room who mentioned, yeah, they're adapting this again. Yes, they're making this again. And I got so excited about it because this was a series that when the first OVA came out in the mid-90s, it, it was unfinished. And I always felt cheated by it. Um, but that we didn't get to see how this played out. I just want to provide some context and why this series and doing it right is so important, okay? And, and this is, I'm just doing my research now. This, this anime and the manga that preceded it are based on a series of actual Japanese fantasy novels, uh, Yoshiki Tanaka, um, whose works have been adapted into Legend of the Galactic Heroes, Legend of the Dragon Kings. There are 11 novels in the Arslan Senki series, and it's still going. It's been going since 1986 to 2008, as of 2008, they were still publishing novels. Um, the novels were illustrated by Yoshitaka Amanu. Okay. There you go. So, oh, snap. There's a yeah. name. So, you, you just have my ears go, what? Yeah. I mean, you look at the, the, on, the, uh, on the entry on, on everybody's favorite 
Wikipedia, you look at the cover art of Arslan Seki and and Yoshitaka Amano, absolutely. Okay. Um, Now, that said, obviously, this new series is not done in that style. Okay. Um, But that doesn't matter. Now, now, I want to disqualify anybody who thinks that I might have been predisposed to pass this regardless because I love the original series. Far from it. I liked that ninety that not, mid-90s adaptation so much that if this one was bad, I would have been really mad. Like, I would have been throwing things. It's almost like one of those things where people are like, you're going to be nicer to your family. And you're like, no, I'm going to be harsher on my family because I know what they can do. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, and... and you have I have emotional attachment to this. Uh, I already had there was also quite a bit uh, of cash invested in this going in, um, and like we were talking, you were talking about nostalgia factors yeah. with talking about Takahashi earlier, uh, and you're coming into it with all that baggage, and that's why this new series was a little disappointing to you. I'm very happy to report that five episodes. And to Arslan Senki, this new series, you have all of the all of the complexity, all of the character depth, all of the potential for storytelling that was in the original. They're following the, the storyline very closely. Uh, it's to the point where I'm comparing between the 94 and this new one, and they're, they've tweaked characterization slightly. And I can even see how this series is being truer to the novel series and the light novels and the manga because they have more time because they don't have to be compressed. The OV, the original OVA series, the first two volumes were released as one hour movies and they had to compress a lot of events. The events in the first six episodes, which each episode is 30, uh, you know, 30 minutes long. That's the first 10 or 15 minutes of, of hour one of the OVA. Okay, so you can imagine how much has been condensed. Now, just to give a small, you know, a real a small synopsis of what this yeah. is about. Yeah, because I don't know anything about it, really. Right. Okay. It is, a, it, is, it is a fantasy tale, but there's very low magic. Okay, this is mainly a story about warring human nations. Um, and uh, a lot of the names and a lot of the places are inspired actually from real Persian, Mesopotamian myths and legends. Um, the Persian epic Amir Arsalan uh, inspired a lot of these particular stories and these characters. Okay, and I'll, I'm just going to read this. It's the easiest way. The, the story follows the exploits of Arslan, the crown prince of the fictional kingdom of Pars, which is taken over by the neighboring nation of Lusitania after his father, the king Andragoras, falls victim to a treacherous plot led by one of his most trusted retainers. After barely escaping with his life, Arslan rejoins his loyal servant, Dariun, backed up by only a few more companions. Um, Arslan must stand against overwhelming odds to assemble an army strong enough to liberate the the nation from the Lusitanian army. Um, And what's interesting, because Andragoras, his father, the king, was a tyrant. Um, He was someone who... Uh, dismissed those who disagreed with his opinions, to whom strength ma- is the only thing that matters. Um, the kingdom of Pars, which prior to this defeat at the very beginning of the series hadn't been defeated on the battlefield in hundreds of years, they were legendary cavalrymen. Um, and uh, and it's part of that arrogance that leads to this disastrous destruction of their army. At this time, Arslan, at the time of that battle, is only 14 years old. The country? Um, the whole country? Huh? What? 
The country's only 14 years old. No, no, the boy, oh, Arslan, the, boy, the prince, he's only 14 years old. And that, that battle where the, their army is destroyed, that was his first battle. Um, and it was supposed to be glorious. It was supposed to be easy. They, they had defeated this nation of Lusitania just years before when Arslan was 11. And they, they take it to the field and were completely obliterated. The thing about Lusitania is um, they're, they're are a theocracy. They're governed by uh, a religious uh, order, and the people who live there are religious fanatics. They're driven by um, beliefs and views of the afterlife and, and of conquest, and you know they're driven by their religion to conquer, right? But they also view the kingdom of Pars as offensive because Pars has built its prosperity and built its economy and its dominance on slavery. Okay, um, that's yeah. So so you yeah. you have these. Th- there are political commentaries here. There are uh, themes about the effects of slavery on a society, um, the, rela- the effects of religious influence on a society, on a government. Uh, but at its heart, it's a coming-of-age story. It's a story of a young man who um, has to inspire people to, to follow him to make the wrong things right. Um, and he... His charisma comes from the fact, not that he's a great warrior or a great strategist at the beginning, but because he has some wisdom and mostly he is compassionate and gentle. He is everything that his father is not. Um, And the companions that he draws to him, the most important one, the the most prominent one is Dariun. He was the retainer of the king that was dismissed because of all of his advisors before the big battle, it is Dariun who says, this is a trap. This is, there's no reason why the Lusitanian army should be sitting there in the middle of the field knowing that we are master cavalrymen. This is something very, very wrong here. And the king says, get out of my face, you're a coward. How dare you suggest right, running right. away? Um, he's dismissed. And the only reason he's given any, any his, his father, Daryun's uncle, is the master general, the, the highest general in the army. And he says, I want you to guard the prince. Take care, take care of the prince, make sure nothing happens to him. Um, because that also that, that general, that uncle was, uh, he's the teacher of Arslan is trying to teach him how to be a good ruler. And he sees the potential in the boy because he's so different than his father. Um, but the other people that come to his side, there, there's some elements of humor here too. One of my favorite characters in the whole thing, um, is Narsus. Narsus uh, was another one of, uh, of the King's advisors until he was dismissed because he advocated abolishing slavery in the kingdom. He is, uh, he's the master tactician, the master swordsman, um, but isn't really interested in any of that. He just wants to be a painter and uh, he wants to be an artist and everyone except for Narcissus recognizes that he has no talent for painting whatsoever. He, he's awful. <laughs> and everybody will look at the things that he creates and go, huh? um, but uh, when Arslan recruits him, you know, he says, well, look, I'm, I'm not interested in gold. I'm not interested in money. What can you offer me? To, for me to help you. Um, and he's, he's harboring him. He's keeping him safe from uh, the Lusitanian army that's hunting them down. But he's not ready to take the field and join them. Just, I'll make you court painter. I will, I'll, bring, I'll bring you back to the royal court and I'll make you court painter. And everyone else in the room, their faces go, you're, you're going to subject our culture to, to, to centuries of ruin. And it doesn't matter. I'd rather have Narcissus paint an ugly picture of me living than have some Lusitanian fanatic paint a great picture of me dead. 
So well, that makes sense. You know, and yeah. and and Narciss just first laughs. Then he makes fun of Dariun for look, he he knows culture. He knows art. You're a dullard. You know, and and, and they and they have a they have a friendly rivalry between the two well, of them. Um, well, plus, I mean, if if they get conquered, then they lose their culture anyway, right? Right. So it's like, I mean, so what are you talking about let's here? Let's preserve our bad culture through Narciss. The characters are interesting. Uh, through the first six episodes, we haven't yet met some of the more interesting ones. There's, an, there's a female archer that comes along. There's a troubadour that comes along um, that, that all sort of join Arslan's ragtag band. And then there's the mystery of the leader of the Lusitanian army who wears a silver mask. They call him Lord Silver Mask. Um, and he seems that there's, there's a reason why he hates Andragoras and he hates Pars more than anything in this world, but it's never been really revealed. And, and my, my belief is always that he's related to them somehow, that he came from Pars, that he was wronged in some way by Andragoras. And he's, he's, he just wants to wreak his vengeance by destroying everything that Pars stands for. Um, but it's, it's a wonderful story. It's, it's full of intrigue. The animation, there's some CG thrown in there in this new series just to create the masses of troops. Right, in the battles. Uh, and the, the large-scale battles and whatnot. Yeah. It's tolerable. Um, at first, I found the change in style from the 94 series to the new series a little jarring, but I warmed up to it very quickly. Um, this gets passing marks from me, and, and even if we didn't, you know, I'd still be watching it on my own because I, I, I have... I'm so glad that they're doing this right, and, and I'm hoping that they'll finish it. Um, because the manga, the first manga that was adapted um, from the, the novel series, it caught up to where Tanaka was writing, and it passed the novels, and it got its own original ending. So even if this series goes on long enough to catch up to where Tanaka is with his books... It'll keep going. Like, like Game of Thrones, the TV series is about to catch up to where George R.R. R. Martin is. Right. And they're going to go on on their own. I, I'd like to see that happen here. The one thing, one thing I just want to clarify um, with regards to the fantasy, because I love fantasy, but there are very different types of fantasy. And I think you've kind of, kind of explained it, but I just want to make sure, like, hard and fast and clear. Um, yeah? I just want to make sure we wrap it up and, like... I, I, I was we're a bit over. I, I was just asking one question. Okay. Um, would you say this is like high fantasy, like elves and magic? I didn't get that vibe. No. Um, no more like we, we 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 covered that in the beginning, right? No, but I didn't say specifically that there are no elves or dwarves right seen yet, and it doesn't seem like there are going to be. There are monsters, uh, but they're very rare. And there is magic, but again, it's extremely limited and very so, rare. So this is almost, and I hate to compare it because it, I, I might agree with some of the things that people said in the chat where, where it's not really fair to compare it to Game of Thrones, but the same type of magic level that is in Game of Thrones, like there are these fantastical elements, but they're just that elements. Yes. Okay. And it doesn't drive, it really doesn't drive what's happening. What, what's happening is, um, is politics and uh, and personal conflicts, right? And uh, and ideals, a clash of ideals. Okay. Um, and and that's I, I really I enjoy it for that that extra layer of complexity and intrigue. And this is going to be a great ride. Okay, excellent. Okay, so that rounds out our eight passing shows for spring two thousand twenty fifteen. I can give a I can give a quick recap of the of the ones that we did pass. Uh, the eight shows consist of. 
uh, Arslan Sankey and Knights of Sidonia, which we just covered, as well as Oremonogatari, Kekai Sensen, Owadi no Seraf, uh, Lyrical Nanaha Vivid, even though right about now I'm wondering why I did that, Plastic Memories. <laughs> because you're foolish. Plastic Memories and Hibike Euphonium. So, so we're going to have the listener choice poll going up on the website very soon. You can vote for the ninth show of the season, even, even, from, even from amongst the shows that we already failed. So go to the website, www.aaapodcast.com, and you can vote for, what, for the show that you, want us, that you want to be the listener choice anime. So we also had a poll question. The in-show poll question was, from the anime X TV, Sorata Arishigawa fights with what as his weapon? And the answer was electricity. So he uh, he has he has a couple other powers, but primarily he can conduct electricity and does some pretty cool stuff with that. So so uh, again, you can find us at our website www.aaapodcast.com. We're also on iTunes and Facebook and Twitter, and we're also on YouTube live at 4 p.m. Sundays. And now we're on Patreon, so go check yeah. us out on there. And one more time for Felix. Uh, on Twitter, my, t- uh, my Twitter handle is uh, Clueless underscore Critic. And I write for Monkeys Fighting Robots. Visit monkeysfightingrobots.com. And uh, we are, we're taking the pop culture world by storm. So please uh, get on board now. And uh, we do movie reviews. We do TV show reviews, video game reviews. Uh, and, uh, we're, and we're also looking for writers um, we are looking for, for people to contribute content. So if you have an interest... Do you happen to need anime writers? We don't have anyone covering <laughs> that so far. So you may want to pitch that to our editor-in-chief. Um, I'm, sh- he, I'm sure he would at least entertain the idea. So, uh, But check out monkeysfightingrobots.com. Uh, it's, it's a great site. I'm happy. I'm, very, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. And uh, we're going to do great things in the, next, uh, in the days to come. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Felix, for uh, for thank you for having me once again. And we're going to see you guys next week on the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Take care. Take care, everyone. Bye.